get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Character and Smallman podcast powered by I Promise. Now here's Character and Smallman. everyone and welcome to character smallman and danny mac minus smallman today at 701 your time check brought to you by clarkson jewelers an officially licensed rolex jeweler michelle's taking a long weekend so it's dan and randy with you until 10 a.m and then dan will have bk in the studio between 10 and 11 this morning before the cardinals play the padres tonight in the opener of a three-game series won't be what we expected it would be daniel because there's no fernando tatis jr playing in the game but yeah. cardinals have a chance to keep rolling and extend their lead again in the national league central and their lead by the way uh is still to an uh three games as we start today's action you know we were just talking off the air it's the quarterway point basically of the season once you get through the weekend that's hard to believe. Isn't that amazing how quickly that's gone? Yeah. So we would have been, this time last year, two-thirds through the season with a 60-game schedule. <laughs> right. It's incredible how quickly this has gone. It's been a fun start. Been a great start. I thought the uh, the series with Milwaukee kind of had a uh, a playoff look to it because of the type of pitching that they saw. When you when you see Peralta, Woodruff, Barnes, and how they, how they pitched and how the games were won, it was a ground out yesterday. Yeah. You know, it's a throwing error. It's it's just the little things. And then game two, there was just a couple of mishaps that cost you the game. Game one came down to just one play or or getting a sacrifice fly, moving runners over. Good base running by Harrison Bader. It was just tight baseball. And that's the kind of game that you have to win. And, and, and when you win two out of three coming out of there against that type of pitching, you feel really good about it. And Jack Flaherty now 7-0. and How about that? The Cardinals with a run in the first and a run in the ninth to win it by a score of 2 to nothing. Flaherty, 7-0, as Danny mentioned, six innings, six innings of shutout ball. He allowed four hits. He struck out six and walked two. And for all of the run support, Dan, his earned run average is 2.47. He's absolutely going to be in the Cy Young hunt. Should be. And if you take away the first start, the ERA is even yeah. better. You know, he, he had that start on opening day. It was 35 degrees in Cincinnati. wasn't great. But every start, you can see it. He's getting better. It's mm-hmm. it's slowly getting there to where we saw him in the back end of 2019, that second half. He was incredible. You're starting to see some of those flashes of that, that how good he was in 2019. And I, I thought yesterday he was really good. The other cool thing about this team, as far as I'm concerned, is that the bullpen, even without Jordan Hicks, is living up to expectations. Yes. Scoreless inning from Gallegos has been brilliant. Scoreless inning from Cabrera. And then Alex Reyes, who has an earned run average of 0.45, has 11 saves and 11 opportunities. He gives you a scoreless inning and strikes out the side. And he is the closer for the Cardinals in 2021. But people don't hit him. No, it's, it's he just amazing. Wa- if he walks, if they get on base by walks. Right. That's the only that's way. It. Yeah. He's... 
he's been the best closer that you could have hoped for this year. Yeah. When you were thinking about, well, would it be Hicks? And maybe you'd have to have Andrew Miller come in and maybe mm-hmm. Alex Ray. No, forget all that. He's your closer and he's dominant. And I know he wants to start. I think the Cardinals will do that and get him to enough innings built up. But just worry about the now. He is dominating in the back end of games. He makes it interesting, but he's dominating. And when you think about the fact that when the Cardinals bring Michaelis back, and it's not if, it's when they bring Michaelis back, the guy to move into the bullpen is Gant. Yes. The bullpen is going to be even stronger. And Gant's not going to like it. He's got, a, he's got an earned run average of two as a starter. But Gant has been a pretty effective reliever for the Cardinals in the past. You have him down in that bullpen, too. It's going to be shut down after five innings. And you could get multi-innings out of Gant, especially when he first goes down there. I mean, if you think about how they could use him, I think what would be interesting, too, is him bouncing back game to game to game, you know, two games in a row, three out of five, that kind of thing, because your body right now is conditioned to be a starter. But now we're putting the cart before the horse here. you got to get... Got to get him, you know, healthy, Michaelis. But I'm with you, Randy. I think if you get to Gant and then you're looking at Reyes and Cabrera, Cabrera, I was so concerned, obviously, about um, Bryce Harper when that Mm -hmm. happened. But I was also concerned, how is he going to bounce back since that time? He's been sensational. Yeah. So they, they've got a dominant bullpen. It's it's fun to watch. They're winning a bunch of games. They're 23-15. and 15. I didn't anticipate this kind of start. Second best record in the National League. Only San Francisco is better at the moment tonight. 940. Joe Musgrove, who threw the first no-hitter in Padres history earlier this season. He'll go for San Diego. He's 2-4 and four with a 3.00. And Johan Oviedo makes another start for the Cardinals. Looking forward to that. I I think Johan, just you want to see more consistency inside the strike zone. Kind of the same thing as Gantt. You you see some walks or you see where there's just one little bad pitch like he had in his last start when he was here, and he got burned on it. You you don't get burned in the minor leagues with this kind of stuff. If you're just a little bit off, you do here at the major league level. And you don't take anything for granted, obviously. But as we mentioned, no Fernando Tatis Jr. They have no Will Myers. You don't see Snell or Darvish this weekend. So everything, if it's going to set up for the Cardinals, everything is set up for the Cardinals this weekend. How about what's going on, too? So that's with the Padres, but Glaber Torres becomes the eighth Yankee added to the IL for COVID-19 this week. There's three coaches. All eight people who tested positive were fully vaccinated for COVID-19 with the Johnson & Johnson uh, single shot. That's according to Aaron Boone, the manager. All individuals symptom-free but continue to test positive. That is a problem right now for the New York Yankees. It's a problem for the San Diego Padres. But baseball just keeps moving forward, which is a good thing. And and hopefully everybody's going to be healthy and get through this without any issue. And we're going to talk a little later in the show about the new CDC guidelines and as to whether or not you will want to go back to games. Are you going to buy tickets? Because the rules now, if you only pay attention to sports, which we like if you don't pay any attention to the news. But the (laughs) CDC came down with new guidelines during the game yesterday saying that you can go anywhere you want outside of an airplane or a doctor's office, essentially. No mask, no social distancing. If you are fully vaccinated, no masks, no social distancing. And, Dan, if I'm the Cardinals, if I'm the Blues, if I'm, I'm any open for business, team, I'm opening up. I'm open for business. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, I was, I, you know, I've been curious about what is the appetite for fans to come back if they said, hey, tomorrow it's, it's wide open. Go to the Blues playoff game. Go to the Cardinal game. Go to down to Mizzou and watch whatever. I don't care. Just name your sporting event. What has been the appetite for fans to go out and do that? Well, the Cardinals doubled in capacity as we made that announcement during the game the other day. 
and I talked to a member of the Cardinals. I said, well, what was it like when you made that announcement? He said, ringing off the hook. People are yeah. buying tickets. You know, they, they want to, I just the appetite is there to get back to normalcy. And part of normalcy for many of us in town is going to a sporting event. And by the way, the Cardinals still providing you free tickets to head down to the ballpark today from 9 to 1. If you want to get vaccinated, head on down to Bush Stadium, park in the star parking lot, go in behind home plate, 9 to 1. And you get a voucher for a pair of Cardinal tickets in 2021 if you get the vaccination. And by the way, you can also get a real quick vaccination. Just stop by the Dome. FEMA is still doing shots at the Dome, too. No no appointment is necessary. Just go in and get your shot if you want to do it. Talked to a a friend of mine that went to a game, and he said, uh, well, I said, what was it like? You know, you're wearing your mask. He said, no, I didn't didn't really have to wear it. And I said, why is that? He said, I was drinking about eight to ten beers <laughs> i said oh so when you're eating or drinking you don't, you don't have, have to have, have the mask, mask on yeah. i said okay well that's one way to do it that's how yeah. he did it and i believe if i'm not mistaken that sam page the county executive is going to provide new guidelines for the county today 11 30 so. i think the announcement in conjunction with the city to talk about how they're going to open this thing up so and i would i would hope and think that sports is involved here last night over at enterprise center the blues wrapped up their regular season and if you left after the first period, you're thinking, oh, man, it was dismal, man. What a terrible way to end the season with a, a horrible blowout loss to Minnesota because the Blues were behind 3 nothing after a period, and it did look bad. But in the second period, Zach Sanford scores at the 516 mark. At the 829 mark, Braden Shen makes it a one-goal game, and then the Blues tie it with David Perron at 1133. Perron gets it. He shoots. He scores. David Perron has tied the game for the Blues. Inside the far circle, he grabbed it, he scooped it, he shot it, he tied it. And David Perron has 56 points in 56 games this season. 8.27 to go, and the comeback is complete. The Blues have tied the Wild 3-3. So it was a new game until two and a half minutes later when Braden Shen scored his second of the night. Over the line for Hoffman. To Shen in the corner, rolls it back to Hoffman. Hoffman goes to Shen, tries to walk it in front, does. Perron picks it up, turns, looks, shoots, save, rebound, they score! Braden Shen, second power play goal of the period. And the Blues have come from a 3-0 deficit to a 4-3 lead. 5.57 to go, period number two. So 4-3 after two, and we got to give love to our guy David Perron, who joined us Every week during the season. and What a year. He, he was unbelievable. First blue to average more than a point a game or a point a game since Pavel Dimitra back in 2000. 18 years ago or yeah. whatever it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah 2002, I think. Yeah. Okay, so they do that. Perron has had a, just a sensational year. I love the fact that they go three for four on the power play, yeah. which has been up and down, and it was such a concern. And how about Mike Hoffman? Three assists. Got to yep. give him some credit, too. And he's got to play in the playoffs against the Avalanche in the first round. Colorado with a 5-1 win last night over the Kings. So they win the President's Trophy. Colorado does. And the Blues will play at Colorado 9 o'clock Monday night for the opener of the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. I think I prefer that matchup more so than Vegas. I'm 100% in agreement with you. 100%. I think it's recent bias, how they played them. I, I, I like how they played them. I think the, the key moment in this season, Randy, was the Blues down 2 nothing at home on a Saturday against Colorado. Mm-hmm. Season is kind of, well. 
It's hanging in the balance. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. And all of a sudden, Ryan O'Reilly gets a hat trick, and he makes sure that they don't fold. I thought that's the most important period of this season. And what did they do? They won that game, then they won against Colorado. So, again, it was on that Monday, I believe. So I, I like how they match up with them. I don't like how they match up with Vegas. The Blues went 2-4-2 and two against Vegas. Is that right? Yeah, that's eight games. That was not great. However, here's why I like this. Number one, because I'm with you. I think the Blues, if they play their heavy game, I think they can handle Colorado. I, I, I don't think the Blues can beat Vegas because I think Vegas is a steamroller. The team that has handled them this year, though, is Minnesota. Minnesota this year against the Golden Knights is 5-1-2. and two. Mm. Mm. And Minnesota against the Blues is 2-4-2. and two. So if you can get Minnesota to take care of Vegas in the first round, take care of your business in the first round, and then play Minnesota in the second round, you feel pretty good about your chances. Jordan Bennington is the key. He is. It always is the key with goaltending, but more so with the Blues than ever maybe with them I, yeah. I just when he as he goes they go kind of thing and last night 16 of 19 on shots uh, I, I I just think he's the key to the season I felt that from day yeah. one I and I know that's stating the obvious but with this team it's more so than ever and when once you get to the playoffs there's a lot of reasons that the Blues didn't win a Stanley Cup for the first 52 seasons yes but primarily it was that they never had the goal team yeah I mean I go back to the president's trophy year yep Roman Turk. We we talked about Mark Bergevin yesterday on the show. Throwing in the uh, with yep. the with the hand uh, what yep. he threw in the back of his own net against yep. San Jose. Yeah. Owen Nolan scoring from mid ice. Yeah, yeah. Why well, you got to bring up bad uh, bad vibes? Oh, I think you did. I just said goaltending's a key. Yeah. And the President's Trophy winning season. <laughs> that, I did bring that up. You're right. <laughs> That's Dan. I'm Randy. And this is 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. And we want to hear from you for peak and pit of the week. Um, Michelle is out. Emily is here. And Marty the Party Jenkins. Emily's going on vacation next week. And Marty is going to take over for Uh-oh. a week. So it's great to have Marty back in the studio. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, his participation in today's show absolutely but next up we want to hear from you peak or pit next on 101 espn we're right back to the character and smallman podcast on 101 espn Time for Peak or Pit on 101 ESPN. Danny Mack and Randy Michelle is out today. Take a I think I got my, my pit. He made me laugh and it went, <laughs> and something went down the wrong pipe. Oh, that was funny. Uh, do you have a peak in a pit? I do. I uh, My peak will be the Blues <laughs> making the playoffs. Thank you, Emily, with that, because uh, I'm getting emotional here. Um, the Blues <laughs> making the playoffs would be my peak. <clears throat> now, I'm going to say that this is kind of a peak and pit. Mm-hmm. You got to work with me here. Okay, I'm, re- I'm ready. All right. I uh, I was up early today. I was driving in from somewhere not in this area. I'd gone for, I went fishing yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I, I was coming back from fishing. And um, this is peak or pit. And yeah. I, I think it's a good thing. I had more traffic coming into St. Louis than I've had in a long time. It's a peak. And I, I 
So I look at that and I say, okay, this is great. People are getting back to work. We're getting back to a sense of normalcy, but it's a pit because I don't like traffic. Yeah. But it's a good good and bad. That's the good and bad with the traffic. So that's my peaker yeah. pit this week. Seeing cars out, outside our window is great because there was a long time where we didn't see oh any. We could go minutes without seeing Do cars. Do you remember that this time last year? Yeah. We'd look out, Randy. It was a ghost town. Yeah. Nothing. Crazy. Yeah. And for a lot of people that have not been out of their homes because they've been working from home, it, it was we we didn't. I mean, we were coming to the studio doing our shows, socially distant, mind you, mm-hmm. wearing our masks. Yes, uh, except when we were having a water or on the air, and we could look out there and there'd be nobody in the parking lot, no one on the streets. I mean, for an hour. Yeah, on Olive. Yeah. So and, and now, heck, we can go up in the uh, 101 ESPN jetcopter if you like. Take a look. What do you got? And if, 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 you're looking, Danny, at eastbound 40. I don't think it's just a sunshine slowdown there. It looks like heavy traffic from the county all the way into Clayton and past Clayton into downtown St. Louis. Same thing as we look at uh, eastbound 70 and eastbound 44. All kinds of traffic. And, uh, Danny, the sunshine is great, and it's just glaring into people's eyes. So I, don't, I understand the backup, but plenty of traffic for you. It looks like things are bouncing back here in St. Louis. And when I'm we, Captain Randy Carricker in 101 ESPN Jetcopter 2. Wow, we we have two of them now. Yeah. Well, traffic got busy. We had to buy a second one. Yeah. You out of breath? I'm good. Okay, good. I'm good. No, You're... it's it's not hard to... You go up, and it, it's, it's exhilarating when you get up in the jet. Is that right? Yeah. What's your peak or pit? Okay, Danny, my peak came yesterday, actually, during the game when we got word that the CDC had loosened the guidelines. Yes. And we'll be able to be back to normal. It's uh, th- That's the way I'm looking at it from my personal perspective is that if I can walk into a restaurant and not have to wear a mask, I'm fully vaccinated. If I can uh, go to a game and sit next to somebody without having to social distance, that's that's a peak for me. Absolutely. That's a huge moment in not only our sports history, but in our country's history. Yesterday afternoon was a huge moment in our country's history that we... We could be coming back out of economically pan- and health-wise. Yeah, coming out of a pandemic. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I want to see the stadiums packed. Yeah. But I want to see it done with responsibility. Everybody be healthy. But hey, if you're vaccinated, this is why we got the vaccine, to so we could cut down on people getting sick, so that people don't die, and so we could get out of this and have a sense of normalcy. Yeah. My pit, and this is just one moment, and it's unfair but it's the way that Ryan Helsley pitched to Daniel Vogelbach the other night. Because Daniel Vogelbach... This is Vogelbach, your pit. Yeah, this is my pit. Mm-hmm. 101-mile-an-hour fastball. Over Yachty's head. Yeah. yeah. But Vogelbach, on the, and I know they want to go inside on the guy, but he stands so far off the plate that if you throw him... I don't know if Helsley's got the command to throw him a fastball on the outside part of the knees. But if you do, there's no way he can get to it. There's absolutely no way that Daniel Vogelbach, if he gets his bat on the ball, the only thing he's doing is rolling it to your shortstop. And they, they went in, 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 and granted, they, they went one-two on him and then the wild pitch. But I just wish they would have pitched him a little bit. Out. Just one pitch outside. That one moment, that's my pit of the week. He was a former Cub, second-round pick. After I think he was in the Chris Bryant uh, draft class. Mm-hmm. Then he went to Seattle, was a DH. To me, he's a DH. He was an all-star one year, right? He was an all-star. When the Cardinals were in Seattle a few years ago, that was an all-star season for him. They had a down year. They weren't very good, and he was the the bright spot. But he either hits a bomber or he walks or strikes out. He is a three-outcome guy. I'm with you. It was That was a tough game to lose because Yachty normally corrals that pitch. Right. I don't blame him. It was 101 over his head. But that was a tough one to lose. That and, was. And I wonder... The, and this is so St. Louis because we scrutinize 
everything. This is, this is like an overreaction Monday in the NFL. But here we are. The Cardinals are going so well that I can pick out one pitch that I didn't yes. like for my pit of the week. It's a pretty good year. Pretty good start <laughs> yeah. to the year. I, yeah. I'm with you. That was, you know, I could have seen where all three games could have gone either way. Yeah, it was a really good season. It was. Um, disappointed on that we didn't have the game. It was, on, it was a YouTube spectacular. Yeah. And that was a peak, too, for me. I thought Matt Holliday did a great job he on the good. broadcast. Yeah. yeah. Did a very good job. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Danny. I, I, I still have cable. I'm old. All right. I could not abide the buffering that takes place when you're watching a game through the internet and streaming. I, I cannot handle that. I'm too impatient. Did, Something slows down and I got to wait two seconds for a pitch. I'm not good at that. So what happened? Did, did you have some issues yesterday watching? Just one. But I didn't like having to wait for it. When I'm watching on my charter, man, it doesn't buffer. I have direct TV. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fine with it. it yeah. I have no issues. I had my mine stopped mm, four different times. Did it really? Yeah. See, that's I was kind of in an outlying area though, so Yeah. But I was trying to watch and it would just it'd take a while and then you're like you said, it would have to catch up and yeah, it's yeah. frustrating. You just want to watch the game and move on. I want to be lazy, man. I don't want and I don't want to be in a situation where I get stressed. It stresses me when I'm saying, Come on, what's going on? <laughs> Boy, you've got some really first-world problems. During a pandemic, we're complaining about buffering Buffering. on our phones to watch a baseball game. You're right. You're right. Man, oh, man. Emily, what do you got for us? From the 636 peak, I graduated this week with my MBA. Congratulations. Congratulations. Good for you. And Pitt, I got my first statement that I have to start paying for it next month. Isn't that the truth? Wow. I got out of college. I was debt-free. And I I didn't realize it at the time. Now I had a scholarship, but I didn't realize how lucky I was. Oh man, yeah. I mean, I can't, you come out debt free. Now that I have four kids, and I realize, yeah. like, I'd love to send my kids, make sure they come out debt free. What a start on life. Yeah, big difference. Yeah, I had a friend of mine that was uh, in the medical field, and she was paying enormous amounts of money to pay off the debt just to get educated. It's incredible. Yeah. Debt-free is the best gift you can give. From the 314 peak, my students are done testing, and the Cardinals, Blues, and Liverpool all won on the same day. How about that? Liverpool. I hate Liverpool, but I don't mind Liverpool. Oh, come on. What, if you, You're a soccer aficionado, too. No, oh, yeah. I'm a Tottenham fan. Yeah. But we got to figure out what we got going on. But just liver in general. I'm not a fan, a fan of liver. By the way, have you driven downtown recently yes so you've been to the ballpark Mm -hmm. um have you gone by the mls stadium yeah it's very cool i took a little detour the other way Uh uh, the other day and uh what's going up there is awesome we got steps we got yeah you You can can tell it's a stadium it's they were putting the canopy on i think this week they're starting to work on that pretty cool it's going to be a neat neat place yeah i love it emily Sorry, I'm trying to go back. Let's see. Oh, the the pit from that person was there's still 13 days of school left. Well, 13 days. 13. Yeah. You can. You, you, you made you're it in this far. Mode. Yeah, my kids are done. Not done with school. They're just. They have days left in school. They're just done actually being participants. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was in school, when I was old enough to do it, 16, 17, 18 college years. Did you skip? I was going to say 13 days of school was more like seven. In high school, could you skip? I couldn't do that. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I never skipped school. Yeah. So, now, in college, there was like a well, whole semester. I didn't even go to class. And, and, Dan, here's my thing. 
And this worked out really well for me. I told Michelle the other day, I was in DECA, Distributive Education Clubs of America. So after lunch, I went to work. I, and I got yeah. my grades for going to a job. So I only had to go to three, four classes during my senior year anyway. I was work, My senior year, I was working full-time in radio. And I, it, so. and I was working late-night games, going yeah. to cover the Blues or the Cardinals or whatever was going on, trying to finish up my degree. I'm talking high school. High I know. School, I couldn't. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, if I did that in high school, I would have gotten killed. Yeah. From the 618 peak, finally hit 50 pounds of weight loss. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Good for you. And Pitt hurt my back. Do, do our, I'm sorry. Hurt my back during leg day at the gym yesterday. Oh, oh. you'll be fine. Yeah, just take the weekend off. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. Just get a little stretching yeah. in. KK has come back fine. Absolutely. From back. Back in the rotation, too. Yep. No Had a sore lower back. Yeah. When did he hurt his back? Well, about a week back. So bad. When I'm on the show and no Michelle, uh-huh. I think you can go away from the dad jokes. <laughs> I'm just saying. That could be my pit. Randy's dad jokes. I'm going to write that down right now. Okay. Randy's dad jokes. From the 314 peak, Blues finishing 3-0 and and going in. Blues finishing 3-0 and going into the playoffs. Yep. They're on a roll. Yeah. So. I, I'm just excited. If you're Tom Stillman, it's going to be a fascinating day or build a win, I would think. And, and maybe am I, am I overplaying this, you think, with the 1130 no. press conference of what you're going to hear from the city and the county and how we're, how we're going to open this thing up. And if I owned a team, I'm, I'm saying, well, what does this mean for us? I mean, can we get people in here? Can we open up? I mean, we were talking about doing this in two months. Can we do it now? What's What are the guidelines? What are the restrictions? I know there are Blues people listening right now, and I'm sure the numbers have changed. But a few years ago, when the Blues didn't make the playoffs, it was a million dollars per gate. that A million dollars per game that they lost when they didn't make the playoffs. So having 18,000 fans, and this is after you've won a Stanley Cup, rather than 4,000 fans yeah. and the concessions and everything that you gain from that, the it's atmosphere. pretty substantial. Yeah, pretty, and a team that plays on emotion. Yes. And Absolutely. a sport that it, there's nothing like playoff hockey. It's the best. It's it, the it, best. It is awesome. Danny, I'm wearing blues socks today. Monday, I'm wearing blues shoes. You have blue shoes? Yeah, I got them for the playoffs a couple years ago. Really? 19, in 19. They showed up. I ordered them off of Facebook, and I completely forgot. I must have ordered them in, like, February. And they and showed up <laughs> two showed months up. later. They sh- Yeah, they did. They, But they showed up for, in the mail, day of game one against Winnipeg. Really? Yep. So, so it's a good luck shoes. So I wear them. They beat Winnipeg. Wear them again. They beat Winnipeg. I go to the game, and I dress nicely without my blue shoes for game three. What happens? They lose to Winnipeg. You should have put them in your bag. Yeah. You could have said, hey, I still have. It's a good luck charm. And they still are. So the Blues won the Stanley Cup, and they'll make an appearance on Monday. Guaranteed. You have issues. I do. That's okay, though. I'm an emotional fan. I know you are. You're emotionally invested in all this. Yeah, I am. It's good. It's pretty cool. It's fun. This is what it's all about. Absolutely. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. We're going to talk some golf with our buddy Jay Delsing next, as we do every Friday on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Jay Delsing is with us on 101 ESPN. He was on the PGA Tour for many years. He's a great golfer and, more importantly, a great guy. And he joins us every Friday morning here on 101 ESPN. And, of course, you can hear golf with Jay Delsing. Uh, every Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN. Jay, good morning. How are you doing? 
Great, guys. Good morning. How are you doing? Everything's good. Hey, do you have a, a tip for proper alignment? If somebody were hitting the ball straight, but it's going left of the target, what kind of tips do you have? What kind of drills do you have so that I can improve my alignment? Yeah, Randy. So that's a great question because most golfers have a tendency to slide. Right-handed golfers have a tendency to slice, which means the ball moves out left to right. So what I would recommend is making sure that your knees, hips, your feet really too, but your feet are the least important. Your knees, hips, and shoulders are stacked on top of one another. And then most importantly, check out where the face of your club is pointing because you want that to you want the, the face to point exactly where you want the ball to start. So if you're going to hit it straight at the pin, you want to, you want to point it straight at the pin. If you want to hit a little fade, make sure that face is pointing a little bit left of your target, your body stacked up parallel to that. And then if it's a little draw, then you aim out a little bit to the right. Okay, mm. sounds good. Yeah. I am hitting a little bit of a draw, but it's just it's going too far left. Well, there you go. Huh. All right. Well, thanks, Jay. And yeah, you know no what, the, the, the shoulders, uh, hips, knees all stacked on top of each other. That makes sense because I think I do start sometimes probably with my hips a little a little bit to the left. So I, I, the, the idea of having everything stacked on top of each other is a good visual for me. Yeah, you know, Randy, oftentimes your forearms, your right, especially right-handed guys that are right-handed dominant, like I know we both are, you're... you're Check your forearm level, too. I know this is getting in the weeds a little bit for radio, but check your forearm levels, too, because if your right forearm is higher than your left, everything is going to be pointed a little too far left. Interesting. All right, i got to use that, too. Hey, Jay, uh, looking at what's happening right now, the Byron Nelson, Jordan Spieth, we really weren't sure what was going to happen with him. He had, what, a month off? He had tested positive for COVID. He comes back, and uh, he just fires a 63. So that's good to see. It is, Danny. And you know what? And more importantly for me, he was, I felt like he had one foot kind of in the, the golf abyss. You know, he was playing so poorly. He had dropped outside the top hundred in the world. He, he was, uh, oh man, just really, really struggling. And, um, it's, it's fun to see him come back and to be prominent. He's, uh, he's great for the game. And next week, he'll be playing at Kiowa Island for the PGA Championship. I would have to believe, Jay, that as they, they play the Byron Nelson this week, that moving the PGA, and we talked about moving this major, we talked about that last week, but I would have to believe that that's had a pretty major effect on the Byron Nelson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I got to tell you guys, one of the coolest things for me was back in the day, Byron Nelson was actually at his own tournament, and he was sitting in a rocking chair in the scores area on the, uh, so you walk off the 18th green on Sunday and I got to shake hands with Byron Nelson for probably 15 years in a row. It's really, I mean, he didn't have any idea who I was, but it was really cool that, you know, would thank him for, you know, putting on a party and, and, and having this event. And, um, he, he was, uh, it, it was pretty cool. Hey Jay, uh, it was great to have you on the show yesterday on my show. And you talked about how you're wanting to compete, uh, this year at the Ascension charity classic, which is coming to St. Louis. So I'm curious about your game and I, I loved your response. You said, Hey, if I'm going to play, I'm there to win it. I'm going to win. I'm not just going to be a local guy showing up and representing STL. I, I'm there to, I'm there to win this thing. So how, how's your game coming around? Uh, well, first of all, Danny, thanks for having me on. Being on the show with Jack Nicholas was, I mean, holy smokes. What a, <laughs> it, it was interesting to say when Jack said he's only played for $10 and 
And then he said he'd occasionally play Arnold for 20. That really surprised me. I, I thought, um, you know, back in the day, they'd mix it up a little more. Yeah. But my game is, my game's decent. It, it's, um, I just got a new knee put in. So, you know, I've got all sorts of excuses if I want to. But the bottom line is I really needed to get about 10 degrees warmer. And then I'm going to start practicing much more uh, intensely. I My body just feels like crap when it's, you know, in the 40s. Like this morning, I, I got up. I'm like, this oh, it looks like a beautiful day. I'm like, nope, it's not warm enough for me. How does so it I, well, I, I want to ask you this, too. How does a pro practice as opposed to just, you know, all of us that go out and get a, a bucket of balls? So if, you, if you're trying to get back and be at a high level and a pro is going to get try to get back in the top 100, how do you how do you do that? Because it's different well, the than the average golfer. Yeah, definitely. So that's a great question. I, I've actually never been asked that. So first of all, you know, I'm 60 and I've had some some physical issues. So I, I've definitely got to do some prep to try to get the uh, warmed up to at least be able to move a little bit. But the way that I, so assuming we've done that, the way that I do is I go on the greens first. I'll putt for 15 minutes or so. I'll work on some short putting drills a little bit there. And then I'll go ahead and I'll throw, oh, um, I'll take four or five balls and I'll throw them around the green and do this probably 15 or 20 times and work on my pitching different lies. One of the things that I know that I, that I miss from competing all the time, you guys is the little idiosyncrasies in reading the lies in the grass around the greens. And, and it's hard to explain, especially on radio, maybe not that interesting, but in order to get the ball to come out, right, you really have to understand what the grass is doing and how it's going to affect the club as it comes through. And so yesterday I spent, probably about 30 minutes just working on that, just throwing in a bunch of really lousy lies and, and hitting them out. And, and, um, and, you know, I know what my tendencies are. So worked on, on, on those a little bit. And then I went to the range and that's where it gets harder for me. I really can't hit balls for very long. So I'll, I'll start with my short irons and I'll hit probably 20 or 30 balls with my short irons. I always, and, and Randy, this may help you too, Danny, you perhaps as well. I always try to put something down on the ground to help me line myself up with. Get my, get myself, uh, I'll, there's some uh, aiming rods. I'll just, yesterday I just took my three iron because I hate to hit my three iron anymore. So I just laid it on the ground and, and, and mm-hmm. put my feet up against it and hit my short irons with that. And then I worked my way up to the driver. I probably only wound up hitting 100 balls, but that's about all my body could take yesterday. Sure. Jay, who do you have on the show on Sunday? Uh, Craig Can is on the show. He's a Missouri grad. He's one of the original six broadcasters from the Golf Channel. Uh, he was the uh, uh, communications chief communications officer for the LPGA, and now he's uh, doing some motivational speaking. He's written a book, and uh, both of his kids, uh, or two of his kids, have gone to the University of Missouri. He's really a, a fun local guy, and, and uh, fun to talk to. Gosh, he had some great stories, Arnold Palmer stories, just a lot of fun stuff. We're looking forward to that Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN. And we always like hearing your voice. Thanks for taking the time with us. And we are once it gets warmer, and it, it has been kind of, as the weather was, kind of too cool, but we are getting out to, to hit them. Yeah, I love it. We got the three of us got to go. We'll just let Michelle run run with this thing, and everything will be fine. Sounds that'd, good. That'd be, hey, Jay, uh, how many shots would you give Randy and I? And maybe Randy and I should, you know, team up. <laughs> Best ball. Yeah. And then are take we playing on. doctor? Are we playing doctor? Or are we playing Good. golf? What do you want? Do you want shots? No, shots. Uh, we'll work that out for sure, guys. All we'll right. definitely work that out. What's everybody's handicap, by the way? 
And now here, this is, and folks, this is where the lion begins, right here. Oh, I'm at least a 22, maybe a 26. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to get in your pocket. That's I what I want. You. I know, and, and I know, Randy, I don't know about shots. We're going to have to figure that out. We'll do it, though. That'll be a blast. Randy and I will scramble, and we'll take you yeah. on. That's what we're going to do. Let's do it. All right. Let's sounds fun. It. Have a great day and a great weekend, Jay. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Our buddy Jay Delsing on 101. He's ESPN. awesome. He's the best. Coming up, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780-TIOLI, with Dan, Randy, Emily on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Time for Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Dan and Randy with you. Michelle is off today. Emily is here. 65780, that's our Air Comfort Service text line. And, Dan, mine is pretty simple. Ordinarily in the National Hockey League, the President's Trophy winner does not win the Stanley Cup. It's been eight years since the last time a President's Trophy winner did win the Stanley Cup. So Take It or Leave It, the Avalanche, the President's Trophy winners win the Stanley Cup in 2021. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm going to leave it. I like Vegas. I'm a fan. Of, I, I I like Vegas more than I like Colorado. I do, too. I just uh, I believe that they're a better team. Um, the addition of Petro has made them an elite team. And uh, I'm going to go Vegas. How about you? Lit. Yeah, I don't think Colorado will win it. And I would not be surprised if the Blues did not Colorado out in the first round. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Now, you... You can say what you want about this. I have my personal opinion. I believe wins matter for a pitcher. Wayno, by the way, feels the same way. When mm-hmm. you have your visit with Wayno, ask him about wins one of these days. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, and, and some people say that doesn't necessarily mean because said individual has 25 wins or the best pitcher in the game because you could have Jacob deGrom and he's got a .59 ERA and you could say, you can make a case and say, because he doesn't get run support or errors made behind him, doesn't win the game. Mm-hmm. I get all that. I still think wins matter. Now, I don't put a premium on them like I used to as much, but I still think they matter. Um, does Jack Flaherty, take it or leave it, get to 20 wins? He's already 7-0 and now. I'm going to take that, and I'm going to go a step further and say that Jack Flaherty is top three in the Cy Young voting. Ooh. And one thing about wins is that if you get one, you're clearly pitching well enough and giving your team enough innings so that you, they have an opportunity to win. Now, there are peripheral situations where you can pitch well and not get wins, but by definition, if you have wins, you're pitching well. That's where I look at it, too. Now, what would what would you say, though, if you got a win and you gave up nine runs, but your team scored 15 and you only went five innings? You it's going to really happen. That well. it, 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 it's going to happen. That's just part of the vagaries of baseball and you're going to have that situation where you're going to pitch great like Jacob deGrom does and you're right. going to lose the game too that's just that's how baseball go as Ron Washington used to say <laughs> that's right that's how it that's how it uh, that's how it go um I, I just think that wins still matter now again I don't put the massive premium that I used to on it but I still think they matter and one thing about a win is if you get a win you're also, in this day and age, preserving your bullpen. Even That's if right. you only go five, you're helping your bullpen. <sighs> Let's go seven. Should make it now seven. I wish starters went deeper into games. I, I do too. 
but it is what it is. I know. The analytics tell you don't let a guy go two times or three times through a lineup and all that stuff. And we get to 100 pitches. And it's like, you know, hold your breath. I'm like, come on. Yeah. By the way, deeper. I'm guessing that. Get uh, off my lawn. <laughs> right now at 2.47, Jack probably is not a Cy Young candidate, even though he leads the league in wins. It'd be DeGrom again. Well, it depends on how long healthy. he's out. Yeah. But Scherzer is still there. Woodruff and Burns, Burns. both. Yep. You've got a lot of really good pitchers early on in the National League. Emily, what do you got? From the 636, take it or leave it, we need to start a Friday fishing report segment with Danny Mack for all of us anglers listening. Uh, we're going to leave that because if you would have saw my, my luck that I had yesterday, you would have said, I'm not taking advice from that guy. That's well, just all there is to it. I, I will say this. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to go try again. And, and you can talk about it. And Dan, respectfully, yes. as you know, I used to host an outdoor show with Bill Seibel and Tony yes, Albright did. back in the day. <laughs> you, you, be, you fit right in with those guys. Yep. And hey. when you used to do the uh, motorsports report with Walt Glotter. Walt Glotter. Yep. Roll the tape. <laughs> <laughs> so we would get a call. Uh, we, we, had a, we had a red phone at Game Boy. The bad phone, yeah. And <laughs> Walt would call up. And wouldn't say hi or anything. We no, just say because you, you would say, Camo X Sports. How can yep. we help? And only select people had yep. it. Yep. And usually you'd have a conversation with Jack Same Buck, person. Mike Shannon, mm-hmm. yourself. It was something important that you call in yep. that phone with. And then Saturday nights he'd call in, the Camo X Sports, roll the tape. <laughs> That's all he said. That's it. <laughs> okay, Walt. Ready? Three, two, and one. Here we go. Awesome Bill from Dawsonville. (laughs) (laughs) Went to Charlotte. (laughs) Down in Pocono. Oh, those are the days, man. And you fit right in with those guys. Absolutely. I mean, you're an outdoorsman. You love Love my NASCAR. NASCAR. You loved it. All right. Sorry, we went off track. I, I truly wish. I was there for that. Oh, oh it was so, And then I would call into Dan, and Dan would pick up the, the phone and say, Camo Exports, and I'd go, roll, roll the tape. tape. <laughs> what do you got, big boy? Roll the tape. <laughs> From me, 314, take it or leave it. Alex Reyes remains a closer for the rest of his career, and that is best for him when you consider his health history. Leave it. I'm going to leave it. I think you'll see him in the rotation next year. And I, I know that a lot of people are – well, how, how's he going to get to 80 innings? How are you going to stretch him out? He, he needs to get to 100. Just stop. In the moment, he's your closer. They'll worry about it when they have to. He's like another number 29, John Smoltz, who came out of the bullpen to save 44 games for the Braves on the return from surgery and wound up in the starting rotation and pitching well out of the rotation again. Thank you, oh baby. That's what he's going to do. He's going to. Yeah. The same number, 29. How about that? Yep. I know you're into the numbers. By the way, how about Alex Reyes, if he continues doing what he's doing, gets to 35 saves? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, baby. That, he can do that. There is no, we're a quarter of the way through the season, yeah. and he has 11. That's right. I would not be surprised to see him get 44 saves. 44. Yeah. All right. You're going to go with 44. I'd, I'd say if you put the over under at 40, we'd be right around there. Yeah. If if this team continues to play the, the way that they're playing, he's got to stay healthy, which by all accounts he is. He's nasty, man. Yeah. He hits him. No, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's great. To the moon. And back.
from the 636, take it or leave it. Jordan Cairo will outscore Vladimir Tarasenko in the playoffs. Take it. I'm going to leave that. Vladdy, come on, baby. I don't know it's if time. we see Vladdy. Why? Well, I don't know that he really... I don't know that he plays the system. You know, this team was way better without him this year. The facts are the team was way better without him this year than they were with him. I think you're a better team when he's on the ice. You're you may a more not, talented it, team. You may, it may not show up with his goal scoring or his assists, but teams have to pay attention to him. You've got to make sure that you've got an eye on him when he's on the ice. We had Panger on the Sniper. other day. Yeah, he, he was. Panger he said... Uh, out of the 24 games that he said he, uh, he played, he said, yeah, four, four or five games, he was really good. And that's the problem with Vladdy at this stage of his career. Well, it's it's going to be a two-month grind. Let's see what he's got. He's still he, – I think he still can be elite. I maybe, hope so. Maybe I'm wishful thinking, but I do. I think I really outscores him in the playoffs. All right. From the 3-1-4, take it or leave it, the Dodgers don't make the NLCS this year. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that, too. It's only a matter of time. I still believe this. They're going to rattle off something like the go 30 and 10. Yeah, over I, I was going to say straight. 35 and 5. It's right. funny. We had a 40-game stretch there. Yeah. But, yeah, they are. And their pitching is just too good. Yeah. Too good to to not advance and have a chance to win a series. I, I, I'll leave that. Yeah, they'll be fine. Thanks, Emily. Thank you. And thanks for your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. Next up, we're going to reach the quarter poll of the Cardinal season this weekend. What are your favorite mem- moments so far from the first 38? It'll be 40 games. Give us a text 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line. Leave us a mic drop. We want to hear from you next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We're going to talk some blues hockey with Joe Vitale coming up in about 10 minutes. Danny Mack along with Emily and Randy. Michelle is off today. She'll be back on Monday. But we want to know as we approach the quarter pole of the season and tomorrow will be the quarter pole. The Cardinals will have played 40 games. What are your favorite moments? 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. I got one. Danny's already got a favorite moment. Yes, sir. It's going to be really easy. Mm-hmm. Where do you think I'm going with this? Opening a Cardinal home opener. Yes. Nolan Arenado, eighth inning. Yes. Home run? Yes. Pretty good. I don't know if you can beat that. That was a great moment. I mean, that was about as good as it gets. So you had the pomp and circumstance of opening day, which was great, even in a COVID-19 opening day. But to see him and then the curtain call and everything that went with it, yeah, I'm going Nolan's uh, home run on opening day. I am actually going to go more recent. I'm going to go with yesterday's striking out the side by Alex Ray. Pretty good one. Uh, with a, a 2 nothing lead in the ninth inning to put them down, put the Brewers down, and move three games ahead of Milwaukee. Have a three-game lead in with the division. two runners on and the mm-hmm. winning run at the plate. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good one. Um, there's been some good moments, I think. Like, I, I was thinking of... Um, I think it was against the Phillies, but the uh, the throw by Dylan Carlson to mm-hmm. the day game. Yep, the day game at third base. Just everything that went into it. Dylan Carlson's throw was 93 miles an hour. 
Nolan Arenado kind of meeting the ball before the ball got to third base and then applying the tag. That would be it. Um, Yachty's 2000th game behind the plate was pretty cool, too. Yeah. That was a good one. So there's been some good moments already. Yep. Emily, how about you? Well, I was going to say Nolan's home run on opening day. That. You're sure. obvious, though. Yeah. Um, because he's my favorite player before the Cardinals even got him, just in baseball in general. I would say either that or his catch in foul territory. It's a pretty good one, too. Yeah, it was great. Because, like I said, pretty much anything Nolan does, I think that that's, he's just the coolest. I think he has changed the franchise already. Agreed. I, I, I really believe that. Um, there's just the intensity of, at which he plays. I think other guys feed off of that, and I think that they see that. I do all the games I watch. I mean, I, I'm there. I, I just see. So at some point during this next homestand, if you're a fan and you go down to the ballpark, just keep your eyes on him. Don't necessarily follow the ball sometimes. Just watch him. And I've done this. I've actually asked them to put a camera on him because I wanted to see what he's doing. He is jumping around. He is moving. He is intense. That He does not take a pitch off. I love it. I love his at-bats. Every at-bat is must-see, too. Yeah. He, he never gives well, away an at-bat either. And he provides anticipation. And not that he is Albert, because we had Albert was the best hitter we're ever going to see. Okay? But the Cardinals haven't had a guy, all due respect to Holiday and Goldschmidt, who, for me, provides the anticipation of a one-run game in the ninth inning when he steps to the plate and you think, okay, he's going to do something yes. spectacular here. Yes. And the other thing that he's done, too, to change the franchise just in that realm of the intensity but you know last year you were just hopeful that you could get it back to Goldschmidt like yeah. roll the lineup over and just get there just to have a shot and now I don't feel that way like I, I look at one through four as being legitimate you know Edmund Carlson Goldie Arenado I mean something could happen with those four and then now you're getting Yachty's had a good start Tyler O'Neill walks into a home run here or there. I, I still believe in Paul DeYoung. I, I know the numbers haven't been there for a while now, not just last year, not just the beginning of this year, going back even to the second half of 2019. I still believe in him, though, and he's going to hit you a home run here or there. So, I mean, it's just it's just lengthened everything, made you better defensively, the, the deal, and then just the feeling of having that type of player in your lineup. Absolutely. It's been great. I have one more. Okay. When Nolan t- did the foul tip, and then hit the home run. That was pretty good. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Tech's favorite moment has to be Arenado hitting the boom ski in his home debut to take the lead and getting his first curtain call. That dude was born to be a Cardinal. He knows it and he loves it. He does. Mm-hmm. Uh, not even close. Nolan's home run in the opener. Uh, from the 618, my favorite moment of 2021, watching Dylan Carlson at every at-bat. Least favorite, seeing Colton Wong in a Brewers uniform. It's lessened the blow, though, with Tommy Edmond, the way he's played, hasn't it? It really has. I mean, you're not talking, you're not hearing much about that, and that includes his defense. Tommy Edmond is a really good defensive player, and I said this to you guys, remember in the offseason, I said, I don't think you're going to miss a step that much by not seeing. Now, I think Colton Wong is a fantastic player, like elite defender. I, I I'm, I'm saying Tommy's not that far behind. No, he's really good. And, and the fact is you can put him in second or in right, and he's giving you versatility. And by the way, he leads the club in war. Think about yeah. that. We're talking about Goldie, Arenado, Dylan Carlson might be a rookie of the year. 
Tommy Edmond leads a club in wins above replacement. That is incredible. From the 314, speaking of Colton Wong, his first at-bat back here in St. Louis showed what Cardinal Nation is all about. That's a great first memory. That was cool. He was in tears in that at-bat, too. Yeah. That was cool. From the 314, I don't have one moment, but for me, it's how fun and exciting and good this team is. The Cardinals had gotten boring over the last few years, and that is no longer true. They are fun to watch. They are fun to watch. I, I say that they are... Because I, I didn't like to say, I don't like to say that they were boring. It, it was just kind of flat at times, mm-hmm. you know, because you would still get a moment or there during a, a homestand or a game or whatever that, you know, it's it's fun. But man, this team has got a lot of different weapons that make this a fun team to watch, whether it's Alex Reyes at the back end, a young Jack Flaherty dealing. Obviously, veterans and Goldie Arenado. Mm-hmm. Defensively, the club is really good. I wish this team didn't walk as many hitters yeah. as they have. That that part is frustrating for me, and I think it has to improve. But all in all, man, they're they're fun to watch. Let's get one more, and this is a mic drop from Dylan. Favorite moment so far has got to be the standout moment opening day. Nolan Arenado hits the go-ahead home run in the eighth inning. His first day in Bush Stadium as a Cardinal, and couldn't have wrote a better story. And the great call by Danny Mac to go with it. Also, a little add-on the emergence of Tommy Edmond and just the great talent that he is. And he's such a good asset for the team. And now they're using Tommy Edmond's speed. And that's made yep. this team even more attractive to me. I got another good moment. Um, Justin Williams home run that made it to the fan that dropped the original home yeah. run. That was fun in Washington. And it's just, that's the beauty of having fans back at the ballpark, right. seeing those kind of things. But that was fun. We'll that do this again. Too. Yeah, it was. Later in the show, we want to hear more from you with your mic drops and texts. But coming up next, the Blues start the playoffs Monday night in Colorado. What does Joe Vitale think they're going to do? Our Blues analyst and buddy will join us, and I'm sure he'll have more to discuss than just the Blues. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Our friend Joe Vitale joins us now on. Oh, we're good. Joey, Joey is with us on 101 ESPN. Joey's in the house. Yeah, he is. Character mm-hmm. Smallman, no Smallman, Danny Mac uh, with us. And it's great to have Dan with us on, or Dan, Joey with us on 101 ESPN. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Oh, we lost Joey. We lost mm. Joey. Okay, he'll I, be I'm back. I'm doing great. I mean, I was just looking at a thing outside, and now let me tell you about a bird. Squirrel. Yeah. Joey's great. I love him. I, that's, I'm disappointed we don't have him right we'll, now. We'll have him in a moment. What happened, Randy? I want him on the air right now. This is what happens when you're dealing with cell phones. This uh-huh. is what happens when people go away from the landline because landlines never break up and they never drop. I still have a landline at my house. How do often you? do you use it? Ooh, nobody. Ever, we have one and it Once never a week. gets answered. Once a week. I use it. Do you? If I have to do a hit on the fast lane, I try to go use the uh, landline to make sure I don't drop out. That is one of the reasons that we still have a landline. That and we've got the bundle and, you know, it's just part of the deal. It is part of the deal. Yeah. F- it, cell phones are, fr- mine has been on the fritz here, man, lately. Bad. You're uh bad. Cell phone? Yes. Yeah. So I've been having like just normal conversations. It depends on where I'm at driving down to the ballpark and the highway. 
and then it just falls out, and I, I had no That's idea. Frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Very, very frustrating, well, Randall. One guy that this never happens to, his cell phone never drops out, is Joe Vitale, who's with us now on Carriker and Smallman and Danny Mac minus Smallman this morning. Joey V, how you doing? Hey, Randy, Danny, I'm doing good, really good today, guys. Thanks for asking. How are you guys? We're doing well. Uh, are you ready for the Blues and the Avalanche? What do you think of that matchup? Oh, I don't care. I don't care if we were playing the 1960, late 60s Montreal Canadiens at this point. Um, I'm ready for some playoff hockey. I'm looking forward to it. I know the players are. The fans are. It was a long, exhausting season in more ways than I ever anticipated. You know, I thought I thought from my job's perspective, you know, calling games from home, you know, being in town, yeah, it's not so bad. We'll get through this. You know, calling games from um, a little studio there at 10 o'clock at night, out in Maryland Heights. I mean, it, as good as that setup is out in 17, Curbs and I, we're, we're exhausted. I mean, there's just no energy in that quiet little room. You're trying to call games from a monitor. You know, even the games at the Enterprise Center, you know, there's only 3,000 fans at one point. So I'm excited that hopefully the capacity, uh, which I'm hearing, will go up come playoff time on game three next Friday. And I'm excited to, for the Blues to be playing for something, you know, just truly playing for something, a common goal that everyone plays the game for. Uh, put all this regular season nonsense behind them and just looking forward to Monday night. Joey, I kind of think that I'd rather play the late 60s Canadians because all those guys are in their 70s and 80s now. Well, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, although point. Larry Robinson, Larry Robinson can probably still kick it, kick it pretty good though, I, w- I would say there, Randy. But uh, <laughs> And they probably had wood sticks with straight blades. Right. You know, Bobby Hall didn't, didn't invent the, the curve on the blade with his extra torque to the shot. But I guess I was talking more about the prime, Randy, oh. but I appreciate he keeping me accountable. Hey, uh, accountability is always a key, Joey. I, 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 huge, I, huge. I, you're talking about the, the energy in the building. I, I was walking around and because of the restrictions and now apparently have been lifted, I can't come and see you, but it seemed kind of warm. Was it warm in the booth last night? No, 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 no. It was actually freezing, freezing. At booth. I don't know if you talked to Chris Kerber or not, No. but, uh, okay. Well, okay. I thought you were setting me up for something. So believe it or not, Curves and I have this little this little twelve inch uh, diameter uh, space heater, and we plug it into the outlet and we keep it on our feet because by the third period, uh, midway through the second period, our feet up in the booth for whatever reason they just get really cold. I don't know if it's something with the draft or the way they turn um, all, all the machines on to kind of get cooler air in the building. But by the second period, I'm thinking, God, my feet are getting cold. I'm gonna turn on the heater and I look around. We can't find the heater. And Curbs is like, where's the heater? I go, I don't know. Did you take it? He goes, no. And then we asked uh, Jody Roman, our engineer, and he said, hey, I left last night, and it was sitting right there. So Curbs, during the intermission, he goes on a um, witch hunt to try to find our space heater. He goes to every booth, every box on our level, except one, and he can't find the space heater. And he goes, Joe, I don't know where it is. I can't find it. And then, of course, Fromey, who works at the ring, comes in, and we're like, Fromey, where's your space heater? And he goes, ooh. I think I saw that in Doug Armstrong's box. Mm. And also, I look at Curbs and say, you know what, Curbs, I'm not so cold anymore. I no. think I'm doing all right. I'm actually, actually got pretty warmed up, warmed up over in, in a second or two. So we, we all of a sudden weren't so cold anymore. We let it go. But then, of course, about, you know, 10 minutes into the third, I said, heck with this, my feet are too cold. I didn't text Army. I texted a couple of the assistant coaches and said, hey, hey, give us our space heater back. And, of course, David Alexander, the goaltender coach, was nice enough to bring it back to us. So uh, I thought you were setting me up for that one, but yeah, that was a little dramatic last night for us. But I tell you what, at the end of the day, if the biggest part of your problem, your job is you can't find your space heater because the feet are a little cold. 
I consider that a good day. Absolutely. How, how about you mentioned something I think that is of interest for everybody here in town, any sports fans, certainly Blues fans, but restrictions being lifted a little bit for Friday. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, Joey, but do you have any idea what that may look like? Well, I, I will say this, Danny. I know that the, the, the NHL has laid out some, some, well, about five or six big rules, but the, the big one to me, the big ones to me are if you're 85% vaccinated, your team is, you can be around each other in the locker rooms and meetings, hotel rooms. You can go to your buddy's hotel room. So that's number one. Uh, but the other thing that I think is really going to prove prove true to have a huge impact, not only on the Blues, but every team, is they're allowing outdoor eating. They're allowing players to go to restaurants in the destination they're, they're at and eat together. So take, for example, the Blues are going to be in Denver, Colorado on Sunday night. They can find an outdoor steakhouse, an outdoor pub. I mean, I think Denver's done a great job from what I understand as far as having setups on the street um, where players can go and eat together, assuming they're outside and they're vaccinated. You asked Jordan Bennington, or we asked Jordan Bennington last week, you know, about these restrictions and being lessened and, you know, lightening the load a little bit. What are you most looking forward to? He said just that, you know, getting together with your teammates on the road, that's something that, according to him, is something he's missed the most. I look back on my career, you know, all the good memories that I, I think I ever had Sometimes most of them were away from the game. Most of them were at those dinners where the guys are, you know, popping bottles of wine and just having steak and just laughing together and just enjoying each other's company because that's where you really bond together and enjoy the road because this, this job, as great as it is, can be very stressful. You're away from your families. There's a lot of emotions that could get tangled up with the travel and, and, and the workload. So to have those moments to be together on the road, eating outside, is something I think this blue team is really looking forward to, but intelligently too. He said that with a grain of salt. He goes, but we've got to be smart here because we've worked so hard all season long to get to this point. And now to me, uh, it'd be a shame to do something silly where you kind of you know, trip up yourself where you have a week, a week, possibly two weeks left in the season. You're fighting for a cup and then a couple guys go down with COVID. So they're going to do it intelligently, do it smartly, but walking to the rink, going to a coffee shop, you know, hanging out with friends in a hotel room because all the blues, at least 85% of them are vaccinated. It's going to be a huge positive moving forward. We were talking about it early on the show that the city and the county, I guess, is going to hold a press conference around 11, 1130 today and talk about what the CDC came out with yesterday on uh, certain mask mandates and whatnot. And some of them are being uh, lifted. So we're a week away from a home playoff game in St. Louis. Have you heard anything about uh, in terms of attendance, what that could look like? I know it's going to be going up. I know it's going. I don't know the exact uh, number, Dan. I, I would imagine It'd be kind of, I don't think it'd be above 10,000. You figure the Enterprise Center can hold around 18. I don't think they're going to go over that 50% threshold. And this is just me thinking out loud of what we've kind of seen all season long. So I don't think they're going to go over 10,000 because that'd be over 15, 50%, excuse me. So I would think, I would imagine it'd be around that eight, $9,000 thousand fan range, which is going to be doubled what they've been doing, which is going to feel like a packed building um, given everything we've gone through this year. I'm excited about the announcement. I think a lot of people are on the edge of their seat uh, with that press conference this morning at 1130. Uh, to me, wonderful news in a great direction from the CDC yesterday to give more incentives to people who are vaccinated to kind of get this thing rolling in a good direction. I know the Cardinals are excited. I've heard rumors that you know possibly full capacity by June, which is a cool thing as well. But the timing of this for the St. Louis Blues making the playoffs, they're in. They're facing the Colorado Avalanche, which you knew at some point they have to go through anyway. But then all this news is great about the, the, the lessening of the mass restrictions and capacity restrictions, because then I think Enterprise Center could be a really, really fun environment come Friday night. Joey, only one of the last 12 
President's Trophy winners have won the Stanley Cup. That was the 2013 Blackhawks. Clearly, the Blues can play, as they've shown, with Colorado. But in a best-of-seven playoff series, what in your mind is the key for the Blues to beat the Avalanche? Well, you, you mentioned that stat, which is which is really crazy to me. You know, I, I think more more recently about the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple seasons ago when they were the President's Trophy winners, they just ran through the league. I mean, heavy, heavily favored to win the Stanley Cup, and they get bounced in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Not only get bounced, they get swept. So it just goes to show you, that, uh, of course, we all remember the Blues team uh, when they won the President's Trophy recently as well. So it just goes to show you it doesn't really matter what you do during the regular season. This is a completely different season. You know, the players are going to go into the locker rooms. They have an off day today, but they're going to go into the locker rooms tomorrow. And there's always stat boards on, on the locker room right outside in the lounge area. There's the league staff. There's your division staff. I think some teams even have, like, individual staff, right? So tomorrow, tomorrow when they walk in that room, all those numbers are gone. And it's just zeros. It's zeros right down the board. And I always love that feeling being in Pittsburgh. I was fortunate to be on a very, some very good teams there. We made the playoffs every season. I love that feeling because no longer was I at the very bottom, number one. Uh, but number two, more importantly, it just it goes to show you that it doesn't matter what you just did. Nothing matters over the last few months of what just happened that regular season. The only thing that matters now is you got one goal, one goal in mind. And it's amazing how that changes the dynamic, changes the attitude of a lot of players where they're just going after that one goal, and it's less about the name on the back and more about the crest on the front. And I truly, truly see how that is. Now, you look at this matchup of Colorado and kind of tie this in. The Blues, I think, will have success against Colorado. Um, number one is if they can stay disciplined like they've been doing. And it's playoff hockey, so you don't expect to see as many penalties. The Blues outscored the Colorado Avalanche this year 5-on-5, five five, believe it or not. They had more goals, and they had a better uh, plus-minus 5-on-5 than the Colorado Avalanche all season long. Where they got tripped up was the power play was abysmal for – excuse me, the PK was abysmal for the Blues, and the power play was just almost automatic for the Colorado Avalanche. So, number one, you have to stay disciplined. Keep your sticks down. Keep your feet moving. Do not put yourself in in a situation where you're taking five, six, seven penalties a game because that's where it can really trip you up. That's number one. And number two, uh, it's pretty simple. Jordan Bennington's got to be the guy. He's got to be the guy he was in 2019, you know, and, and without him in 2019, the Blues don't win a cup. I don't know if they even go to the Western Conference final because there were some games there where he just absolutely stood on his head. It was, it was magical, and they need him to go in a run like that again because you are outmatched. Colorado, from top to bottom, is a better team. They, they have a little bit more depth. They have some skilled players. They have, to me, the, the best hockey player next to Connor McDavid in the world. So you are going to be outmatched. But if you can stay disciplined, if you're goal, if you're goaltender – can stand on his head and you can really kind of dive into this team philosophy that we're a stronger team. We may not have the individuals, but we're a stronger team, which this blue certainly can do. You're going to give yourself the best chance. I really like this matchup. Not to mention guys. I like, if you can get through Colorado, I love the Vegas, Minnesota matchup because Minnesota has just beat up on Vegas all season long. Of course, then we have really beat up on Minnesota. I mean, I've seen crazier things in sports. I know the Blues are excited to get going Friday night. We're looking forward to it. Joey, have a great weekend. Have a fun playoff, and we will talk to you soon. Sounds good, Randy. Dan, you guys have a great weekend as well. Take care. That's the great Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. Blues 9 o'clock with the first game on Monday night, pregame at 8 here on 101 ESPN. Well, that's going to be a late night for you, Randall. I can handle it. The adrenaline will be be flowing, Dan. It will be. It will be, and it should be. Playoff yeah, hockey. Nothing uh, like I, it. Joey said it best. I mean, it's been a long year. I mean, think about where the Blues started with no fans in the stands, mm-hmm. you know. 
doing games off of monitors, which we're doing on television as well for the road games. And it is harder because you have no atmosphere whatsoever. You're in a, like a closet doing the game. Um, and it's, you know, now they're calling games for a living. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, in the big picture thing, it, it's, it's different, but in the big picture of how far we have come, uh, I keep I just keep looking outside. I normally I don't sit in this seat in the studio and seeing actual people out there and what we were trying to do for radio and sports this time last year with no sports. This is uh I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I don't care who they play to. Let's just go. That's Dan. I'm Randy coming up. We've got the fight on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the show. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Michelle has the day off. Randy is out of the studio. It is the fight, and we say good morning to the challenger, and that is Alan. Alan, welcome to 101 ESPN. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. Uh, what do you do for a living, sir? Really? It's going that well, we huh? Package everything. Well, we package everything for the hotel, so we're pretty busy. All right. How, do you feel confident taking on Randy here? Uh, yeah, it's the first time I've been up in the morning. I took him on in the old show All right. in the afternoon. Took him to the Hall of Fame, so hopefully I can do well. <laughs> All right, let's see what you got. Jack Flaherty is the first Cardinals pitcher to win seven straight games. Since which St. Louis starter accomplished this feat in 2001? Was it Daryl Kyle, Matt Morris, or Woody Williams? Woody Williams. Corbin Burns set a new record yesterday of strikeouts without a walk to begin the season. 58 Ks, zero walks. Who did he surpass for number one? Was it Adam Wainwright, Kenley Jansen, or Noah Syndergaard? Kenley Jansen. David Perron just became the first Blues point-per-game average or better player in 18 years. Recording 55 points in 55 games. Which blue was the last to achieve that feat? Pavel Dimitrov, Al McInnes, or Doug Waite? Doug Waite. All right. And happy belated 60th birthday to five-time NBA champ Dennis Rodman. It was yesterday. Rodman won five of his NBA titles with the Bulls. For which team did he win the other two? Was it Detroit? The, okay. All right. You're going Detroit Pistons. All right. Alan, uh, thank you for playing. Let's bring in Randy. If we can find where Randy is. And Randy's not paying attention, apparently. Let's go, Randy. Take off the mask. Put on the. Uh, put on the headsets. All right. And say good morning. Good morning to, to Alan. Alan, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Randy? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Greatly appreciated. Randy, are you ready? Ready, sir. Jack Flaherty is the first Cardinals pitcher to win seven straight games since which STL starter accomplished this feat in 2001? 2001 Cardinals. 
So you would have had Daryl Kyle. Just on give the answer because you know it. I need to come up. Do I? Yeah, I think you know it. Yeah, Morris. Yeah, you sit there and you, you try to show off and give us all your knowledge. Just get to it. All right, Dan. Corbin Burns set a new record yesterday of strikeouts without a walk to begin a season. 58 strikeouts, no walks. Hmm. Impressive. <laughs> Who did he surpass for number one? It was somebody recent, and I know it. And I also know, by the way, that Garrett Cole is going to surpass that record. But I have forgotten who it was, so I'll do the lifeline. Really? Yeah, I have. I forgot. Adam Wainwright? No. Kenley Jansen? Yes. Okay, Kenley Jansen. There you go. David Perron just became the first blue point-per-game average or better Mm -hmm. in 18 years. 18 years it's been, Randy. 55 points in 55 games. Which blue is the last to achieve that feat? Pavel. Pavel Dimitri. Do you have a last name? I'm I'm Hoppy. Happy belated birthday to uh, 60th birthday to five-time NBA champ Dennis Rodman. Rod. It was his birthday yesterday. Uh-huh. He won five of his NBA titles with the Chicago Bulls. For which team did he win the other two? That should be Th- three. I'm sorry. Three. Yeah. But our fighter got it correct. So well, he won. With the bad boys, he won a couple with the bad boys Pistons teams. And then he won one with the Spurs, right? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Emily, we have a winner. Go ahead and hit it. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight sponsored by Ryan Kelly and HeroLoan.com. Check out how they help veterans and service members at the new and improved HeroLoan.com. Yeah, we got a winner. It's Randy Carricker. <laughs> Jack Flaherty. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, no kidding, Alan. I'm sorry. But Jack Flaherty is the first Cardinals pitcher to win seven straight since uh, Matty Moe did that. Corbin Burns set a new record yesterday of strikeouts without a walk to begin a season. 58, no walks. He surpassed Kenley Jansen. Both got that right. He did that in 2017 with the Dodgers. It was Pavel Dimitri at 93 points in 78 games. Alan went with Doug Wade. Rando went with Demetra, and it was uh, the Detroit Pistons. So Allen got it right. You got it right as well with the other championships for Rodman outside of Chicago. Thanks right. for playing, Allen. Thanks, Allen. Oh, you guys all have a good day. Thanks. You have, have a, a great have a day. Weekend. He sounds more upbeat than I am. Uh, Dan, on a uh, serious note here, we've all met great friends as we've traversed this industry. And one of my best friends in the industry, and you know her, is Tracy Tarpley Gilliam. We met more than three decades ago working together at KMOX, and over the years I got a chance to know her family, her mom and her dad and her brothers and her sister. And her dad, Rich, passed away Wednesday Mm -hmm. at the age of 75. And as you might guess, when you lose your dad, her sister and her brothers and her mom, they're all devastated. Rich was a good friend, great guy, great dad, fantastic family, and he really really enjoyed life and he'll be missed rich tarpley rest in peace passed away wednesday at the age of 75 and my thoughts and prayers to the entire tarpley family because i know they're going through some very difficult times right now yeah very well said thank you uh coming up next on 101 espn the cardinals with a shutout win of the brewers and we want to get a little bit more from you the quarter pole of the season is coming up for the cardinals actually tomorrow and we want to know what your favorite moments so far in the season have been you can mic drop us with rhino shield mic drop send us a text 65780 to the air comfort service text line we want to talk uh, about this first quarter of the season which is raced by next on 101 espn 
We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Jack Flaherty with another dominant performance for the Cardinals yesterday. He improves to 7-0 on the season, and the first-place Cardinals reach the quarter pole this weekend, Dan. It's it's incredible to think, because I can still see in my mind's eye you and the Cardinals scoring the six runs in the opener in Cincinnati. It seems like it was like four days ago. It does. And it's 40 games into the season now. It flies by. It's the old adage when you're having fun, and this mm-hmm. has been fun. This has been a good, a good year. They're an entertaining club, and, and by all accounts, they're a good club too. It seems like they've got a lot of good pieces to this team, and I usually look at this point in the season as a barometer. I'll look at Labor Day, Memorial Day as being barometers too, so we're right around the corner with that, and um, kind of when you get, at least to me, Ray, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I get, let's say... 40 to 60 games in, this is kind of who you are. Yep, that's what I think too. And that's why I feel good about what the Cardinals are doing right now because the pitching to me, it's always the most important thing. And the pitching has kicked in. And if this starting pitching can stay healthy, and we're going to talk about Johan Oviedo in just a moment, but if the starting pitching can stay healthy, I see no reason why the Cardinals can't maintain a level of excellence throughout the season. Because as we saw in this series, even if you can't hit and you you just make a run here or there, if you can pitch, you can win games. My my biggest concern going into the season was the offense, and that's been tempered a little bit because of the addition of Arenado. The fact that Dylan Carlson is, in my mind, he's the rookie of the year. Tommy Edmond is playing at a level I didn't anticipate. So some things that happened with this club in a positive manner are, are at least taking the offense to a level that I wasn't sure they could get to. And I still believe that Goldschmidt's going to get hot. And when that happens, you better watch out because one through four is going to be one of the best in in baseball. Um, I always have felt that they were going to pitch. Even when we were talking this time last year, I thought this team's got some pitching. That's how they got into postseason play a season ago. And you look at the first, I guess it was, what, 10 to 14 games? Pitching wasn't very good. No. And you thought, uh-oh, they're, they're going to have some issues. But it's been really good. And it's a it, to me, it's a positive for this team the other thing that I really like over the last week or so and sometimes you don't realize what you have until it's gone this team is so much better with Harrison Bader playing center field oh boy because he gets to balls that the other guys just don't get to he takes control out there and we've had some situations where yes Justin Williams was going to run over Dylan Carlson Lane Thomas yep that doesn't happen with Harrison Bader out there no he, he has settled that thing down in a big way that's why I just wish with the infield that you have, boy, you, you want to see them throw more strikes. Yeah. That, that's the one thing on the pitching I would say, throw more strikes. Can't walk as many guys as they are. Adam Wainwright told us that he thinks Johan Oviedo can be a number one starter in Major League Baseball. You, you think he's that good? He's so young and he's big dude. I mean, six, what, six, five, 255 pounds. Um, what, what I saw when he came in in relief of Daniel Ponce de Leon. It was a Sunday game, and I think Ponce went an inning and a third. Mm-hmm. That was not the same guy that I saw a year ago. I saw a rough diamond kind of thing, and, and you got to polish it, right? Needed some things to work on. I think with every start, he gets a little bit better, like with secondary pitches, locating his fastball. Could he be a number one in a couple of years? 
yes, I, I do think it could be that that kind of guy. I'm with you. I think he has that sort of ability. And just in listening to him, I don't know him at all, but in listening to him on the Zoom, he seems like a guy who is a sponge for information. And that's one of the things that yeah. Wayno talked about, too, is that whether it's Wainwright or Flaherty or Mike Maddox, he wants information so that he can get better. Yeah, and watch. I love seeing how Wayno is when he's not pitching and talking to guys constantly talking about the game. Mm-hmm. And I've I've talked to pitchers about now, not 100% of their conversations are going to be about every single pitch, but guys get done, good or bad, and what's the first thing they do? They gravitate towards where kind of Wayno's sitting, and then they kind of, you can just see him going over a game, going over little things that happen in the game. You'd be crazy not to take in some of that info. Wainwright told me on Wednesday that he had a game where he had a rough first two innings, and Jack Flaherty came over to him and said, "Hey, your mechanics are off. You got to get your elbow up. If you're going to give us what you, you what we need, you got to change your mechanics." Wayne, this is Flaherty going to Wainwright and saying that. And I said that must have fired you up when Flaherty did that. He said, "I loved it yeah. because that means that Flaherty's really paying attention. He's engaged in the game, and obviously, because this is what the Cardinals starters do. They watch each other." Flaherty knows what makes Wainwright good. Yes, and I, I think going forward, if you're going to look at some things that you might be concerned about would be the age and wear and tear that Waino has, and he's pitching a lot of innings. Mm-hmm. So as we get now to the second quarter and third and fourth, you know, I, I think you, you'd have to be a little concerned about that with the Cardinals pitching. If, if I'm just trying to nitpick here of things of pitching that you might be a little bit concerned about. Flaherty, to me, is getting now better. Uh, Miles Michaelis could give you a jolt, but you're not sure what you're going to get. So there could be some bumps in the road going forward. We'll have to wait and see. KK has only been giving you roughly about five innings. It's been okay. It hasn't been great. So, uh, you know, but they're they're their bullpen is so good, Randy, that they can shorten yeah. games. And that will definitely be the case if Gant goes to the bullpen, how you could shorten up some of these games because their bullpen has been sensational at times. Let's get to some of your mic drops, your favorite moments so far from the first quarter of the 2021 season. And Antonio has checked in. I really loved seeing Matt Carpenter hit those consecutive three-run home runs off the bench. Carp is such a team guy, and he's just the perfect embodiment of Cardinal baseball. And he's a fan favorite. I, I've always liked the guy. You can't help but root for him. You want to see him do well. And unfortunately, the last couple of years, it just hasn't been there. He hasn't been able to capitalize on his playing opportunity. But uh, but to see him come off the bench and contribute like that, that was just such an awesome moment for him. I love the uh, the moment that he had off of Strasburg, which was his first home run of the year, off the foul mm-hmm. pole and the reaction of his teammates and by extension, the reaction of the crowd to give him a curtain call and, and Antonio's right. And, you know, Matt has been a really good pro through this. It hasn't been easy. Shows up every day, does his work. He's a good teammate. You root for guys like that. So he also has become a weapon off the bench when you're hitting two, you know, back to back three run homers that help you win games. That's a threat. Let's hear now from Rick. I'm one one ESPN with a mic drop. Oh, Tim. We're going to go to Tim next. Okay. Nolan Arenado's home run opening day. Danny Mac on the call. Best call of the year so far. Hope there's more to come. Me too. Thank you. That was fun. Uh, Nolan and I were texting after that, and he was he was so excited, Randy. As much as fans were excited about having him and, and some of the moments that he's had, he's loving it here. Yeah. He's loving it. It's a chance to win. <clears throat> it's also 
a fan base that appreciates him. And I'm not saying that the Denver fans didn't. I, I think the Rockies fans certainly appreciated him. Mm-hmm. He was their best player maybe they've ever had. But you have to consider the the love affair right now between the two fans and, and Nolan Arnato. It's it's just give and take, man. It's been great. Led the league in homers three times there and never had a curtain call. I, I find that hard to believe. That's amazing. Yeah. Let's get uh, one more mic drop here from Pat, who's on 101 ESPN. All right. Quarter season All poll. Right. Best part of this season so far has literally been watching Nolan Arenado. The guy's got that fire. He loves the game of baseball. He loves being in St. Louis. He's just happy to be here, and you can tell. It makes me so much more pumped to watch baseball. He can hit some dingers. He can make some plays. He's clutch. It's just been all around exciting. Let's yeah. go Blues, baby. <laughs> I would take down the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, you, well, he went into a couple of mic drops there. You got the Blues. You got the Cardinals. Arenado is just excited everybody, his mm-hmm. teammates included. And we were talking about that earlier. Doesn't take a pitch off. Doesn't take a pitch no. off. And he works on, by the way, the, the the play over the shoulder that he made that catch and the balls that he comes in in bare hands and some of the odd throws from the seat of his pants, um, he practices those. So it might happen one time a year, but it when it does happen, it's not foreign to him. The guy's just an incredible talent. He's just been amazing. Better that, than I thought. Yeah, he's been remarkable. He's been. I mean, I, yeah. Randy, I knew he was good. I didn't realize he's no. this good. He's a, like you mentioned earlier, he's a franchise-changing player. Yes. Not many of those running around. And another organization is paying for the first year of it. Yeah, How does that total, happen? Total of $51 million? How does that, that happen? I don't know. I mean, honestly, how does that happen? It, it can't. Well, if, if you're running a team, that cannot happen. One thing the Cardinals have done over the years... Because the Cardinals are very smart. This guy is unbelievable. He's an MVP candidate. They identify the not-so-smart front offices and take advantage of them. Yeah. And and they've they've done it. By the way, can I answer this? Yes. And this goes to you. This is from the 314. Can you settle this for me? Is it Arenado or Arenado? It is Nolan Arenado, thanks to Randy Carricker. We asked him in his introductory press conference. I, I asked him because I didn't know how he wanted his name pronounced. He said, well, I don't really care, but our family, Arenado. Yeah. So that's the... Correct pronunciation is R Arenado. You've done a lot too, where you you go to a guy and you say, "Hey, like an Arenado, Arenado." We, how do you say it? And most guys say, like you just said, "Well, I don't really care." You just say, "What?" I go, no, no, no. What is your name? I want to yeah. say your name right. So it is Nolan Arenado. Well, and especially from your perspective, because yes. all over the country, his family members Absolutely. in California, they they Let's get want it right. their name pronounced correctly, and it's not yeah. hard. Exactly. So just. It's Arenado, Nolan Arenado. Coming up next is last night's win for the Blues, kind of a microcosm of their season. That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker, 101 ESPN. Michelle is out today. She is taking a long weekend. Dan, after the Blues lost on April 5th to Vegas, they had a record of 16-16-6. They were five points behind Arizona for the final playoff spot. They'd lost seven in a row between March 22nd and April 5th. Since then, and a win over Vegas on April 7th, the Blues have gone 11-4-3 down the stretch. 
made their way into the playoffs. And last night, I think, was a perfect microcosm of what we're talking about with the team. Blues down 3 nothing after a yeah. period. Then they take off and they score seven unanswered goals and wind up winning the game. One thing we know about this team is to not quit on them. If they fall behind in a game, in a series, in a season, and we saw this back when they finished, well, they were in last place in January and, and wound up winning the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. The team does have a lot of heart. Yeah, they do. Um, and it's good to see what they've, what they've done. I Again, I think a microcosm of the season, too, is down 2 nothing against Colorado. Colorado. Huge. At home. Season's kind of on the brink at that point. I mean, you could just see them if they, I thought that watching that game, Randy, I thought they were going to lay down. I thought this could get ugly. And it was, there was nothing to what the blues were doing to start. And Ryan O'Reilly just said, Nope, this ain't going to happen. He goes out and scores a hat trick, kind of rattles the cages of the avalanche and rallies the troops. And when that happened, the season changed for me. The other thing that's got to happen going forward, I got to see Jordan Bennington of 20, 19. I, I want to see that in the playoffs. And if you get him to steal a game or two, which you're going to have to have, depending on how far you go, if he does that, the Blues have a shot. And they have a shot of winning that series against the Avalanche. Now, as Joey pointed out, and I think it was, val- you know, it's a really smart way to look at it. Five on five, the Blues outscored the Avalanche. Now, think about that. Five on five, mm-hmm. are you going to see a lot of power plays in postseason? Not usually. And can Bennington beat Bennington? And if he is, they got a shot. Colton Pareko is playing better now yes. than he has all Looks season. Healthier. Yep. And he's Moving playing better. a ton of minutes. Falk is playing well and playing a ton of minutes. The left side, Tory Krug, appears to be healthy. And Tory Krug, I can't figure out how he hasn't scored more on the power play because he's a really good power play quarterback. And the power play has been the best in the league for the last couple of months. So if they can get Colorado, if they can get Nazem Kadri to wind up in the box, mm-hmm. they can take advantage of that. And the Blues are going to have to get reasonably healthy because ultimately it is a war of attrition. Whenever you win a Stanley Cup, really is. as we saw a couple of years ago, I believe every member of the Blues that played scored at least one goal during the playoffs in 2019. So you're going to need that. And for me, the big thing, and especially against the Avalanche. The Avalanche don't have a particularly big and physical defense. If you have somebody willing to go to the net, you'll be able to take advantage of Grubar, who had a great year. He played almost every game for them and was fantastic. The way to get the puck past Philip Grubauer is to take away his eyes. You need somebody or multiple people going to the net like Pat Maroon did a couple of years ago. I don't know if the Blues have that. If they if somebody starts doing it consistently, Maybe Clem Costin. I don't know. But if you have somebody that will do that and you can win the one nothing 2-1 games, you have a chance. But if you are not going to be able to get to Grubauer, you aren't going to get the puck past him. I know we're going to talk about this in the next segment, which is the new CDC guidelines and potential increased capacity at ball games and at hockey arenas. I wonder how much of a difference that makes with this team. Feeding off... And now that... You could say that with just about any team in sports. I get it. But we're talking about doubling potentially the capacity at Enterprise Center. That's been kind of the rumor that's out there. So you're going to have, what, eight to 10,000 people there, which doesn't sound like a lot for a building that holds 18. Better than none, in which they played with for the better part of the season. I, I And Bennington talked about it in the bubble, not having fans. He feeds off of that kind of thing. 
I, I just got to wonder if that could be a factor going forward. I, I know it's kind of homerish, I guess, to say that no, or wishful thinking, but I do think it could be a factor. The, the Blues play with emotion and they feed off emotion. Their game is based on a hard forecheck. Their game is based on 18,000 people at Enterprise Center exploding when somebody is pasted against the end boards or when at the ball center in in uh, Colorado, in Denver, when somebody pastes Kadri or McKinnon against the boards and that crowd winces. Ooh. And the Blues love that. They are perhaps the team in the league that depends on emotion more than anybody else. I tend to agree. And I think the number one guy I always look at for any series, what is your goaltender doing? What has he done? What's his resume? Um, And coming into this series, Bennington has played okay. And can it get to another level? I think we've seen it at times that he's been really good this year. And there have been other times you go, hmm, that wasn't great. But when you go back to the Stanley Cup run, he was stealing games for you. Mm -hmm. He was making elite, incredible saves that a lot of guys didn't. And that's one of the ways that they advanced. And if he can be that guy... I always look at the goaltender. If he can be that kind of player that he was two years ago, this team can win. They need that. They need that. The other thing that really comes in handy is getting a guy to become unexpectedly hot like Schwartz did two years ago. And Jaden Schwartz is capable of doing that again. Vladimir Tarasenko is capable of doing that. Jordan Cairo is capable of being that guy. Robert Thomas is capable of being that guy. The Blues are going to need somebody who did not have a particularly good regular season to step up and be a difference maker in the playoffs. I was just going to say there's two guys I'm looking at that have been let's just say it I mean at times non-factors that we thought going into this season would be massive factors. Robert Thomas Vladimir Tarasenko Mm -hmm. and if one of those guys steps up they're a different team. I do think that they're that good. And I am interested to see and just go back a couple of years ago again. It was the first round when Sammy Blay hadn't played in a month and Craig Bruby decided to put him in the lineup. And it's it's different, but it's the same. Clem Costin is a Craig Berube player. Yep. Clem Costin, heavy game. Big man, plays yep. heavy. He 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 can splatter somebody. And he apparently he did in the KHL against the end boards. Yes. He loves the four check. He lo- uh, Bob Hartley, his coach in the KHL, said defensemen in the KHL wanted nothing to do with this guy. Right. So if you can get that player to play that way in the NHL, in the playoffs, he might be a difference maker too. I, I love to have guys, whenever a coach says the other team didn't want anything to do with that guy, I love that. So are you going with the Blues or not? I do like the Blues. I think I, I wanted Colorado to win. I would. I wanted win. me too. I, I wanted to face the Avalanche rather than the the Golden Knights. Yeah, I think the Blues are very capable of winning this. And, and I it could go seven, but I think the Blues are very capable of winning this. How do you shut I'll, down? I'll, I'll pick the Blues. How seven. do you shut down that top line though? Colorado's rolling out. Blues have done pretty well against them. And here's the thing: they're physically heavy. They're all big guys, but they don't play heavy. And I know you got to catch them to hit them, and that's a hard thing to do because they're all really fast. But I think the Blues can knock them off their game if they knock them around a little bit. Oh, I, I guarantee the Blues are going to come out so physical, it'll mm-hmm. be ridiculous. How phys- I would like to think that that's how they're going to play because that's the only way they're going to win that series. They've got to be yeah. so physical. I'll- 
Yeah. Because the skill level on that top line and others yeah. with Colorado is ridiculous. Yeah. Chaser made the point that a couple of years ago, again, when they played San Jose, they bullied yes. the, the Sharks. And that's what the Blues will have to do. They'll have to bully the Avalanche. But they're I, capable. I am interested. Our next segment, the CDC guidelines, increased capacity at Bush Enterprise. Are you buying tickets? And we want your mic drops. I'm fascinated with, the with this. Shield mic drop. Yeah, we, we want to know what you think. Are you going back? There's no social distancing. If you're fully vaccinated, there's no mask required. Are you buying tickets to sit next to somebody you don't know, to eat concessions, to enjoy being at the ballpark again i guess are you willing now to buy tickets to get back to normal that's our question you can text us you can mic drop us next on 101 espn we're right back to the character and smallman podcast on 101 espn Dan and Randy on 101 ESPN and the Air Comfort Service text line is up and running. And the question of the day is, with the new CDC guidelines and presumed increased capacity at Bush and Enterprise Center, are you going back to watch sports? Are you buying tickets? And it seems like people that listen to us, Dan, who are sports fans, obviously, are willing to do so from Big the 314. Time. I 100% am ready to go back. I am vaccinated and at age 27, so relatively low risk. Guess it could be different if I was older or immune deficient. Let's go Blues. Yeah, there, I mean, I don't think there's one on this, and we've gotten multiple texts here, a bunch, that has said, I'm not I'm not going back. Yeah. I mean, people want to get back. They want a sense of normalcy. And I, I've always felt as this thing hit Randy and is what was the point of getting vaccinated if we weren't trying to get back to some sense of normalcy? Exactly. And that's, um, that's where I was doing it. They you know why I was doing it and wanted to get vaccinated and I wanted to be safe and I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to be safe for Emily and for you and for me. So, and also selfishly, I wanted to get my life back and enjoy yeah. the things that I enjoy. So, yeah, I think that most people, I don't. I, I don't know if most. I, a lot of people are going to be buying tickets and saying, "Yeah, I'm. I'm doing this. I'm getting back down there." Now we can go over the top a little bit. This is from the five seven three. I would chug a stranger's beer to be around a stadium full of fans. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going that far, but I get your point. You want to get back? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting too when college football starts up. Outdoor venues that. Um, do you hold vaccinations uh, like the Cardinals have done this week to make sure that kids are getting vaccinated too? You know, because a lot of people, I think, from what I've heard from young people, well, I'm, I'm young, it's not going to... Mm-hmm. But do you need to get va- do we uh, to get into that stadium? Are they going to say you need to be vaccinated? Show some t- I don't know how you show proof. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know if you can do that. You know, we all got a card that, that shows your date of vaccination. Now it is put in a computer system, but then... You know, does it go on your smartphone to show that you have been vaccinated? I don't know. I don't know how to do that. But are some venues going to say, unless you're vaccinated, you're not coming in? I, I don't think you can do that either. You know, we live in a free free country to get a vaccination or not. It's your body to do with what you want. So that's part of this problem, if you want to call it a problem, that we're discussing as well. 
But this is so much different than any other disease, obviously, that we've dealt with in America. I, I do think that it, here's my bottom line. You are in control of your own body. And if you do not desire to get vaccinated, there should be no requirement for you to get vaccinated. If you go into a place of business and you haven't been vaccinated and you contract the disease, it's on you. If you've been vaccinated, you know with virtual certainty that you aren't going to suffer from the the side effects, the, the symptoms of COVID-19. There's a chance if you aren't vaccinated that you can contract the disease. Michelle Smallman has a 34-year-old friend that passed away from COVID-19. There's a chance still that you can contract the disease and bad things can happen. But if you don't get vaccinated, it's on you. So uh, the 314 here, this is an interesting one. I'm a diabetic who is almost 60, but I'm fully vaccinated, ready to go. Uh, went to the Cardinals rainout game, and they have had plenty of precautions in place, and I feel safe. That's the other thing, too, is the way that things are done now. I mean, they're doing it as safely as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, the pods are, they were six feet apart. Now it's going to be three feet with what the CDC said. Um, everything is is paperless, essentially. So when you go buy something, it's your credit card. Your tickets are on your phone. That's how you get in. I mean, they're doing everything they possibly can to make this as safe as possible. And we aren't going back. We aren't going back to a time where... We had paper tickets. We're, we're, the phone tickets are, are here to stay. I would guess that for the most part, we won't be using cash at stadiums and arenas anymore. That's just the way it's going to be. Tend to be- agree. Because yep. there's a lot more than just COVID-19. There's a, a, yes. a lot of things out there that can cause you to get sick. And by the way, it's cheaper for them. It's yes. cheaper for the, the, the ball club. And, and they found that it's more efficient, yeah. too. They, the f- yeah. efficiency, once you're used to it, it's really efficient. You buy your tickets, it's on your phone, yeah. boom, you're, you're off and running. From the 636, Daniel, appreciate this one. Oh, hell yes, I'm going to games. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, How about you? I mean, you personally, I I am curious. If you weren't vaccinated, and you are 100% Mm -hmm. vaccinated, um, would you feel comfortable? For me, no, I I probably would not if I wasn't. And by the way, I have a family member that has immune issues. And so I, I don't want to put anybody in my family in danger either. Sure. But since I am vaccinated, and that's what I was waiting for. I'm like you. I was waiting for the vaccine so that I could get back to normal. But no. And by the way, there was no way I was not going to get vaccinated. But if I I hadn't had the ability to get it, if I lived in Colombia, where I think 3% of the population has been vaccinated, I'd be staying in and I would be holed up and I would want to avoid getting sick. Not only for myself, because I'm at an age, 58, where it could affect me greater than if I was 27, but for my family as well. I'm fascinated by um, if if they said today, just for argument's sake, okay, Bush Stadium is open, uh, Cardinals are going to come home next week and get your tickets. 100% open. So Bush Stadium holds, what, about 40, roughly 41, 42, depending mm-hmm. on what's happening how many fans do you think we'd have? I don't think you can get a ticket. I think it's sold out. I mean, you look at what happened down in Atlanta. They open it up, place is sold out. Right. And the people that are charged with keeping us safe, for better or worse, the CDC, 
now says no social distancing, no masks. You can go wherever you want as long as it's not on an airplane or a doctor's office. You can sit next to somebody at a ballpark. If those people who did so much to keep us away from each other for a year are now saying, yeah, it's good. This is what we've been waiting for. You're safe doing this. Then I'm going to do it because I do want to live a normal life. The uh, I know some people are, are texting in about players that have said they were vaccinated and have contracted COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Claver Torres becomes the eighth Yankee added to the IL for COVID-19 this week. Um, Torres joins three coaches, Phil Nevin, uh, Reggie Willits, and Matt Blake, and four support staff members. All eight tested uh, positive were fully vaccinated for COVID-19 with the Johnson & Johnson single shot. That was according to Aaron Boone. All individuals symptom-free continue to test positive. Um, from what I read of the those that have had the vaccination, of, and I just, I, this is only sports people I've heard about, you know, in particular with the Yankees. Obviously, you're hearing about the Padres. The Cardinals will be talked about tonight with that because they've got players that are out. Those that are vaccinated don't even know they have it. Exactly. And the only reason they will find out, and I'm never getting tested again. I can guarantee you I'm never getting tested. But they're still getting tested every day, and that's the only reason they know. Right. So I guess we should start testing for colds and everything else, too. Because essentially that's what we're dealing with. By the way, and this is in large part due to people wearing masks, but... The flu season was practically non-existent in America this year. I, I believe flu cases were down something like 94%. Yes. Well, we weren't around each other. Right. People not going out, wearing masks. Essentially, I, I would assume those are all factors that, that come yeah. into play with this. But I, I, I don't know, Randy. I, I'm fascinated. If you open it up, I think people are ready to get back out. I think they're ready to feel that sense of normalcy and part of being a St. Louisan for some is going to a sporting event. Right. And this one from the five and five, seven, three crystallizes it all for me. I want to high five and hug strangers. I'm with you. And by the way, I don't think that we had a text and we probably have a couple of hundred texts here. I don't think we had one that said, no, I won't go to games. I think all of them and we're sports fans, right? That's why we're listening to this station. But everybody wants to get back to the ballpark. Emily. I was just going to say there's a text that just came in from the 314 and they said no paper tickets fine as long as a ball as the ball club buys a smartphone hold on one second just refresh oh. for all fans who don't have smartphones yes there are people who don't have smartphones do you know if there's do either of you know if there's any solution for fans who don't come in with a smartphone I'm just curious I believe there is yeah you can still I I believe again I'm not 100% I can find out very quickly because there are some folks that are older specifically that do not have smartphones, right. but you can get your tickets emailed to you, then you print it out. So you hold it yeah. in your hand and they scan it, you put it back in your pocket. And that's my, I, I, again, I think that's correct in, in how they get around that if, if you don't have it on your phone. Because now you have to download the ballpark app, which by the way is very user friendly. Yeah, it is very easy, and it's it's helps you with parking. It helps you with getting around the ballpark. You're you're sitting down at your seat. You want to find out about where can I go get the latest food that you're craving, whatever that may be. Am I close to? I mean, all that stuff, and it just drops it right in your phone. So it's very easy to get your tickets. I've thought about switching back to a flip phone, but you can't. You're you're stuck now with a smartphone because of things like that. So you wanted to go back to a flip phone? Yeah, I just want to get away from social media and stuff. I, oh, okay. I have a, a, a flip phone at home yeah. that I would like to use, but I can't. There, no. It's impossible. Yes, I, you, I agree. You can 
delete the apps. And I did for a couple of the, the social media apps. But even things like something as simple as like State Farm Drive Safe and Save, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's on your phone. Yes. Or ballpark apps, you know, getting into ballparks, things like that. Really important. The uh, Panera app on my phone, need it. By PayPal the way, app. I have had uh, some people tell me that they really enjoyed the reduced crowd because they had a whole road to themselves, no <laughs> line in bathrooms. They, they were like, hey, man, this is great. Let's just keep it like this. Pretty good. Don't think that's going to stay. No. Next up, we have the Cardinals and Padres game tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. Dan Schulman will have the call on ESPN Radio with Chris Singleton. And Dan Schulman, our buddy, will join us next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker, 101 ESPN in St. Louis. The Cards do open their series with the Padres tonight. As Emily mentioned, Dan will have the call on Valley Sports Midwest. Tomorrow night, we have the Cards and the Padres, 7 o'clock pregame from ESPN Radio. And the great Dan Schulman will be on the call. And Dan joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Dan, it's always great to hear your voice. It's always great to hear you doing Cardinal baseball. Looking forward to tomorrow night. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you, Randy. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, I don't uh, get to do the Cardinals as much as I used to. They, you know, back when I was doing Sunday Night Baseball or, or doing more radio for ESPN, it, it felt sometimes like I did more Cardinal games than any other team, you know, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers included. So I'm looking forward to uh, doing the games tomorrow and Sunday against the Padres. You know, it's been great, Dan, not seeing you. That means that uh, that means it's not going on <laughs> national TV. So we actually get to work. So, you know, it's a good thing. Uh, now, now, come on. That's a little disingenuous. <laughs> Everybody loves, you love getting the odd weekend off. Everybody loves getting the odd weekend off, right? Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> you know. I, I tell you this, I didn't like having two-thirds of a season off last year. I didn't like that. I know that. So it's good to have baseball back. It's, it's awesome to have baseball back. It really is. And I, I was talking about uh, that with somebody just the other day, and I said, isn't it nice just that, the rhythm of the season is what we're all accustomed to. Like if this were last year, we'd be like 60, 65% of the way through the season already. It's crazy. So uh, it, it is nice where, you know, Memorial day means you're kind of at the quarter pole and 4th of July means you're kind of halfway and stuff like that. And, and you can talk about trade deadlines and things in a normal sense. So uh, I'm thrilled. And, and, you know, there, there have been, obviously the Padres are having an issue. The Yankees are having an issue, but uh, you guys know because the uh, the Cardinals went through it last year, but so far so good for the most part, and 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 looks like everybody's going to be able to get through 162. What's it like, Dan, with the Blue Jays out, outside of your great work on the national stuff? And you are fabulous at what you do. Um, Thank you, and I mean that sincerely. You, you do the Blue Jays too. Um, and that has been such a unique situation in the sport because of trying to get whether or not to play over the border, to get, you know, guys up there to play. And you can't do it. And then they're at a minor league park or they're at Buffalo. So what are they going to do now that things are starting to open up, especially south of the border here in the United States? What, what is going to happen with the Blue Jays, you think, for the remainder of this season? So they are opening up a home stand tonight in Dunedin, which is there, for those who don't know, their spring training home. Um, uh, they've got a ballpark there and their whole player development complex and uh, et cetera. So uh, they are opening up, I, I guess it's their third homestand of the season. This will be their last one 
in Dunedin. Because of the heat and the rain uh, uh, happening as often as it does during the summer, this will be it for Dunedin. And their next homestand, which starts June the 1st, will be in Buffalo, which is where their AAA affiliate is, and it's where they played their home games last year. In terms of whether or not they get to cross the border, the honest answer is I don't know. For most of the pandemic, uh, relatively speaking, Canada was doing pretty well. Uh, Our vaccines rolled out much slower than they did uh, in the United States. So our our COVID rates have not come down as quickly as we would like. It's starting to improve now. Our supply is improving. Um, But I I don't know. The the situation here is not great. You know, and last year, the reason the Blue Jays couldn't play uh, in Canada is we were doing pretty well and they didn't want to open up the border. Now, if things are actually going better in the U.S. than they are in Canada, the situation's kind of reversed. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. The federal government has to decide whether or not they want to let them in. Um, you know, but if the Blue Jays are vaccinated and the Orioles and the Yankees and the Red Sox and all the teams they're playing are vaccinated, to me, that lessens the risk. But as we know, there's no such thing as eliminating risk. And so to, sorry for the long answer to the short question, but I, I'm hoping maybe by August, they can come back and spend the last couple of months in Toronto, but I honestly have no idea if that's possible. That'd be great. Dan Schulman has the call for the Cards and Padres tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. And Dan, as you mentioned, you saw a lot of the Cardinals over the years, and they've always had multiple impact hitters until the last few years. Even with the addition of Paul Goldschmidt for the last couple of years, they needed something else. Now they get the rookie, Dylan Carlson, and obviously they add one of the four or five best players in the game in Nolan Arenado. As you get ready for this game how do you think the cardinals stack up in the central and in the rest of the national league uh i think right now they're they're the best team of the central that's an easy thing to say given that they're in first place so i I wouldn't sleep on milwaukee and i know that you guys just saw the brewers the brewers have had an extreme number of injuries and and i think you know if they get healthy they're they're a team to be reckoned with and the cardinals and brewers have had enough great matchups over the years that i'm sure nobody in st louis does take milwaukee lightly but when i look at some of the cardinals offensive numbers and i kind of dug in on it this morning i had the blue jays the last uh, week but i um, now i'm off this weekend so i started doing my cardinal prep in earnest this morning you know as you guys know offense is down all around baseball like a a 740 ops may not sound great but it's actually pretty good this year considering how dominant pitching has been so i think they're going to be fine offensively you know goldschmidt's picking it up and you know what you're going to get and as you mentioned you've got arenado Tyler O'Neill's having a nice year. He's hitting for power. You neglected to mention Mr. Yadi Molina and his yeah. 900 OPS <laughs> out of the game so far. Yeah, it, it, it really is. So um, I, I think they're good. What I what I like best about them, I think, is, is the the key guys on their – like I'm a huge Jack Flaherty fan, an enormous Jack Flaherty fan. And, and, you know, he can start game one of a playoff series any day. John Gantz, obviously – been pitching well Adam Wainwright's doing some great things for a guy who's doing, turning 40 in a couple of months and then their top three relievers and Reyes and Gallegos and Cabrera like the key spots I think they've got really good people and, and then is it a question in July if you go out and get like a mid-level starter or just another you know reliable reliever to help you in the sixth and seventh inning I think they've got the core pieces and I think they can fill in around the edges as the season goes along what do you think of Arenado in St. Louis? You've been through this town many, many times. You know about the fan base. It, it, to me, Dan, it's like the perfect fit, match made in heaven. What, what are your thoughts as a guy that's doing national games and, and having a, you know, a, a pretty good understanding about what baseball is like in this town? 
it's a fantastic fit. And I've always loved coming to St. Louis. And you guys know this, that some people outside of St. Louis, when you when somebody like me says, you know, it's such a unique environment and everybody's wearing red and what a great relationship between the team and the town. And, you know, there's some eye rolling in other cities, but I think it's valid. And, and I think I feel that way for two reasons. One is I've gotten a chance to come to St. Louis so often and see it. And the other is, and this is a weird one, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. And I see similarities between the relationship between the Packer team and the, and the, and the town and the, and the Cardinals uh, team and, and the city of St. Louis. So I do think it's a special relationship. And I think this is going to sound really sappy and sentimental. I think somebody as good as Nolan Arenado deserved the opportunity to play in a baseball town as good as St. Louis. He's that good. He's been that good. He's still that good. And nothing against Colorado. They had some good teams. He went to the playoffs a couple of times, but it was clear that it was time to move on and that he wasn't going to play out the rest of his contract uh, for the Rockies. So, um, you know, a guy who makes that much is only going to wind up in a certain number of places. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to the Rays or the Marlins or the Orioles or the Pirates or something like that. But I think it's great for him that he can go to work every day and say, man, so this is what it feels like. And, and uh, he's a great guy. I, I got to know him a tiny bit from doing the odd Rockies game here and there. He was always very cordial and we had, you know, nice brief discussions. And, and uh, I, don't, I don't know what he's been like, you know, locally since he's gotten there, but I imagine he's been great because I think he's a really good guy. And, and uh, I, I'm happy for him. He deserves to play in that kind of an environment. Hey, Dan, not only has he been great, he hit that home run in, in the home opener. A couple here in St. Louis was having a baby. They were watching the game in their uh, labor and delivery room, and they changed the name that they had decided on. They had decided on Easton and decided to name the baby Nolan, and Arenado wow. did a video thanking them for naming wow. the baby Nolan. So, but did they say, like, if Paul the Young hit, would it have been Paul? Like, were they just going with whoever hit the home no, run? It, or, it, or was, was, it, was, <laughs> it was based on him and Dan McLaughlin's call that, uh, oh. and Nolan was the guy. The, the baby was born and the dad said, this doesn't look like an Easton. And we, we had the couple on talking about it. And huh. they, they, he said, well, how about Nolan? And with all of the, the fun and all of the drama surrounding Nolan Arenado that day, no, it was only going to be Nolan Arenado. Well, I'll tell you that that dad had more say in the names of his kids than I did in mine. I can tell you that. Yeah. Hey, as you get ready for this series, obviously it's good for the Cardinals. They don't see Snell. They don't see Darvish. They won't see Tatis Jr. They won't see Hosmer. They won't see Myers. This, the weekend kind of sets up well for the Cardinals. It really does. And, and um, you know, the pitching thing is one thing you don't wish a COVID outbreak on any team, but uh, you know, you play who you play, you get who you get. And, you're right. The Padres are shorthanded. Still, still a very dangerous team. Still, obviously, a lot of good players and a team that the Cardinals and you guys know very well from the playoffs last year. So there, I'm sure there's a, a lot of respect. But I, I'm really looking forward to it. They're two of the better teams um, in the National League. And, and again, I'm just doing a little bit of ESPN radio stuff here and there. But when they asked me, um, you know, am I available this weekend? I always uh, kind of with one eye look at the, I want to know, well, who's playing first? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, when when they, when they told me it was Cardinals and Padres, I was very glad I was available and I'm really looking forward to it. And and even with uh, the Padres being shorthanded, it should be a heck of a series. Dan, with all the games you've done, and it's hard to believe this is the 10 year anniversary of the 11 club here in St. Louis. And you were behind the mic in that famous game six at David freeze. Is that the best game you've, you've ever called or ever seen? Uh, well, um, I'll split it into two. So I get asked a fair bit about, you, you know, highlights I've had in calling games. That is my favorite 
game that I that I've ever called. There's there's no question. I, I mean, um, and I always say to people, if the people aren't from St. Louis, and I say, you know, St. Louis, Texas, in the World Series, they don't they don't necessarily remember it right away. But then I say, listen, there have only been three times in baseball history where a team was a strike away from winning the World Series and didn't do it. And twice, two of the three were in that game. <laughs> right. So how can that not, right? So now the uh, if you say to me, hey, what happened in the first seven and a half or eight innings? I'm not sure I can tell you that. It was a terrible nine, game. 9, 10, and 11. Pardon me? It was a terrible game prior so to that's right, you know, that's right. but, that, that but time. 9, 10, and 11 were the best uh, I've ever seen. I, I mean, I... And I know this is the wrong town to say this in, but I've been, I call the Cubs World Series. How many people can say that? I called the Bartman game in 2003. Um, and, and all of this is for ESPN Radio in the playoffs. I'm a Toronto guy, and I happen to be on the Jose Bautista bat flip game uh, in game five against Texas. So, you know, in college basketball, too. But, uh, but I will say this 100% sincerely. When people say, if you could only have one moment, what is it? it it's, it's David Priest. It's the triple in the ninth, and it's the... Uh, the home run in in the eleventh, and I always feel like I'm shortchanging Lance Berkman when I tell the story that way. But because uh, he had the big hit in the tenth, right. but that 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 game and that series uh, were incredible. It, it really was, and I'll, I'll always remember that. Hey Dan, one last thing I got to tell you this: October third, the Cardinals wrap up their regular season here at home against the Cubs. And the Packers play at home against the Steelers that day. And I have a buddy that works for the Packers in Green Bay. So I'm going to make the trek to Lambeau. And I'm going to forego the Cardinals season finale so that I can see those two legendary, iconic fan bases and franchises. Uh, I've been, my son and I, my son, whether he wanted to or not, was kind of born into being a Packer fan. So, (laughs) um, and so he and I have gone to Lambeau uh, four times over the years, like every three, four years, we kind of do it. I don't know if you've been Randy or not. It's it's great. great. Like it's, it's just great. The, The funny part is the last time, I had a buddy who had a buddy and we sat in a private box and we had a great time. But my son and I walked out of there and saying, it wasn't the same. Like, like right. my son, like he, he's the guy with the big foam cheese hat, cheese hat, hat, <laughs> hat kid. And like, if you're going to go to Lambeau, that's the guy, you know, that's what you want to do, right? You want to be at the 40 yard line, freezing your tail yep. off, wearing, you know, green and gold and, and, and stuff like that. And, and it was, we loved it. It, it, it was just fantastic. Um, it, it, you know, my, my kid's now gone off to college, so he's out of town and I don't get to do this with him anymore, but, uh, enjoy it. You'll have a great time. It, if, if you're a Packer fan, it's a real, or, or if you're anybody, if you just like tradition and history and all that kind of stuff, it's a great place to go. It's a bucket list item, isn't it? It's, it's something it that every, every sports fan should do. Absolutely. Got to be done. Dan, looking forward to hearing you tomorrow. We always like talking to you. Thanks so much. I'm sure as the season goes on, we'll talk to you again. But we're looking forward to having you tonight here on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. All right. Thank you. And Dan, enjoy your Sunday night off. Yes. Thank you very much, (laughs) I guess. Great catching up with you, Dan. Miss you. You guys. See you down the road, I hope. You got it. Take care. The great Dan Schulman of of ESPN. He is one of my favorites. He's a great broadcaster, obviously. Were you telling me that you... so you used to call into his radio show all the time, yeah. right? So all sports radio started in 1987 with WFAN in New York and the Fan 590 in Toronto. And Dan did their nighttime talk show at that time. We were both young broadcasters. And the Cardinals obviously were great. So pretty much every single night, I'm calling in for a segment or two on his show That's great. in Toronto so that we can talk about Cardinals, Mets, the rivalry and everything that was going on here in St. Louis. So we became acquaintances then and obviously... He's had a magnificent career. And by the way, 
as iconic as Joe's call is, we'll we will see you tomorrow night. The Dan Schulman call of David Freeze's home run is amazing, oh, it's spectacular, and yeah. we've we've got it here in the system. But maybe we can find it during the break and play it for you. But it is an amazing baseball. Call. He's a great play-by-play guy. Just the craft of play-by-play, he's fabulous. He's one of the best ever. Yeah. Ever. Danny Mac, Randy Carricker, 101 ESPN, and we're going to cross things over. The Danny Mac Show coming up without Brandon Kylie. Am I doing the show with you? Did yeah, you, you want to stick around? I'm with you. All right, uh, good. From, that was uh, from tough. 10 to 11 here on 101 ESPN, but we're going to cross things over towards the Danny Mac Show next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Carricker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Unless you were driving around on the night of Game 6 of the 2011 World Series. Who would have been doing that? That's a good call. Yeah. That's like pre-pandemic pandemic. No one's on the streets. Right. Um, maybe it was your job to deliver prescriptions or pizza sure. or something like that. But you weren't. if you weren't near a TV, you may have never heard this call from Dan Schulman. And by the way, uh, he did a magnificent job for that entire series. But this was the call. And you've... I'm sure heard, uh, we'll see you tomorrow night from Joe Buck. But Dan Schulman himself had a great call as the Cardinals forced game seven of the 2011 World Series. Freeze leading it off, crowd in a frenzy. 3-2, a swing and a high fly ball, center field, it is gone! David Freeze who tied it in the ninth, wins it in the 11th. And one of the most remarkable, improbable baseball games you will ever see. And there's going to be baseball here in St. Louis, game seven, tomorrow night. Fabulous. Isn't that cool? Ooh, I, got I got chills. I got goosebumps <laughs> even on my legs. Yeah, me too. My neck, arms, legs, yeah. everywhere. Awesome. Yeah, Great that, call. It was fantastic and uh that's one thing, because he is the, that good, he is the voice of the World Series for ESPN Radio. Yeah. Even and though somebody be. else might do it Sunday night, uh, Sunday night baseball throughout the season, and it's been Boog Shambi for several years, they get to the end, and it's Dan. And yeah. I, I'm sure that Boog isn't thrilled about that, but Dan's great. Your favorite, obviously, was Jack growing up. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Jack for me, too. Loved listening to Vin Scully. Listening yep. to Vin Scully was a treat, because I, I would always do the game, and I'd come home, and I'd pop on the television and watch the late West Coast games. I just do that all the time. And when he was on at a Dodger home game, Dodger Stadium, I was glued. You know what I found a couple of days ago? And you and I were actually talking about this. And Keith Hernandez talked about it on the day that he was officially elected to the Cardinal Hall of Fame. And perhaps we'll do this when he and Tommy and uh, John Tudor go into the Hall of Fame. Because all three talked about the great rivalry with the Mets in yes. the mid-'80s and had great descriptions. And I actually I have a bunch of cassettes at home, and now I found a couple of cassettes with Jack Buck from that season. And Jack was at the top of his game yes, he in 85. And Keith talked about the, the game the Cardinals won here in St. Louis, the finale, and some of the best broadcasting that you will ever hear, incredibly descriptive. You talk about painting a picture, and Jack Buck did a magnificent job of that 
during that 85 season. So as we get to August and the induction of those three into the Hall of Fame, we'll do a segment or two on how incredible that rivalry was. I asked uh, Keith, I have a very good relationship, as you know, with Keith. And um, we were talking the other day and we were talking a little bit about 87 and, and, and 85, but generally speaking, just about getting traded out of St. Louis and going to the Mets. And he said, you know, they, they tell me I'm going to the Mets and I'm thinking, "Mm, I don't know about, you know, Keith is, Mm -hmm. I don't know about this. He always Mm -hmm. says that. And he does that on the air too. It cracks me up when uh, Gary is sitting there doing the go and is doing the play by play, and they bring up a situation, and you can hear Keith in the background. Oh, I don't know, Gary. <laughs> He's always doing it. Cracks me up. But anyway, he he was talking about the fact that he said what lessened the blow though is when I got there, then I saw this guy Dwight Gooden, mm-hmm. and I had no idea about the pitching they had coming through, and you you start thinking about those great teams, Sid Fernandez. Uh, Darling. Darling. You had Hernandez. You had uh, Hojo. You had Strawberry. I mean, you had villains. Yep. You had villains, man. Gary Carter was a villain. Absolutely. And the Cardinals had villains. Vince, Ozzie, Pendleton, Tommy. Jack Clark. Jack Clark. I mean, I still think my favorite of those games of the 85, 87, and 86, 88, I mean, whatever, the mid-80s Mets-Cardinals. Uh, still my favorite, though, is September 11th and uh, Terry Pendleton hitting that home yep. run. I mean, that was just, that was the difference in the season. But that is my favorite game at Shea watching. And I used to love doing games at Shea. Yeah. I know most people thought it was a dump, mm-hmm. and it was older. It, it, it was older. I mean, it was an old, st- I loved it. I just, yeah. I just loved it. it. The place would shake. Yeah, literally shake. So, and, and if you're too young, we'll we'll give you a minute here. We'll we'll talk about it. Cardinals go into New York for a three game series, and actually, it's a four game series. The Mets right. won the opener. Cardinals are a game and a half up going into the Friday night game, and the two starting pitchers are both magnificent, fantastic. And the Cardinals get to the ninth inning, and they're down. And I'm in the office at the Mighty Mox. Jack Buck is doing a football game yep. in, in Minnesota. He calls in and uh, I said, how are the Cardinals doing? I said, oh, they're going to lose. I had already updated the sports line with a loss. Oops. Yeah, Roger McDowell into the game. Terrific closer for the Mets. And I said, yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to be a half game up and they got good in tomorrow. It's over. They're going to lose. And Terry Pendleton against Roger McDowell goes down and gets a sinker and hits it over the center field wall to tie the game. Do you know what he did? He moved up in the box. Mm-hmm. I talked to Pendleton about it. He's, because of the sinker, he said, I wasn't going to be deep in the box. So I actually moved up in the box to face Roger McDowell, and he hits that home run. Yeah. So instead of being just a half game up, they're two and a half games up, and they've got good in the next day. Because in the 10th inning, Tommy Hurd drove in the, the right. winning run. So the Cardinals win the game, and then they just hammered Gooden the next day. And that pretty much did it for the Mets. They were never the same nope. in that season. Cardinals after that took game. off yeah. after that series. Those were so much fun, those games. And the cool thing about it was that you had the two best teams in the league, and one of them wasn't going to make the playoffs. One of them was going to make it with 100 wins. The other right. one was going to lose with 98, and you're out of the playoffs. There's no wild card. That's right. So you have No two, wild card, no, no second team, nothing. No, two, two behemoths rumbling down the stretch. And it's literally a winner-take-all. So I miss that in baseball, having just the one. Mm -hmm. So those games take on such great importance. But yet I love now the wild card because now so many teams have a chance to get in. I I do enjoy that, you know. 
But you're going to say, hey, we're going to continue talking about that. we got a lot to talk about. The Dan McLaughlin Show with not BK, but RK. Yeah, RK filling in for BK. Next on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, powered by I Promise. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. Those big wireless companies try to lure you in with a new phone just to lock you into a contract. Not Simple Mobile. If you have a great smartphone you love, you can get a powerful nationwide 5G network without the contract. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone's compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Message and data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. Compatible 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available.